0: Hello, dear listeners. It is I, uh, Chris from Cinematronics, and do you Spit to talk? And it's do you Spit to talk? Commentary time. Yes, it's that time again where we take a pit stop and do uh, another bomb film. Well, we don't do another bomb film, but we you know we sit and watch one of our asses and, and talk over it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and, that's and, pretty uh, much it. <laughs>
1: sometimes mention the film itself, and yes. on one occasion have to redo the commentary because we forgot to mention the film. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But <laughs> well, so, this time, we'll find that very difficult to do.
0: We did a
1: view to a kill
0: twice. Oh yes, that was it. That that yeah. that was it. I mean, partly me thinks like also should we just redo Moonraker because
1: there was a significant. We of lost that. forty minutes of you. Yeah, yeah. We'll do yeah, technical it's, We'll do Moonraker again at some point. We'll any, take. any excuse really. <laughs> I don't any really excuse, mind because a) it no gives excuse. us another bomb commentary, and b) the the the, the, the 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 horrible thing about that commentary is it was really good. Uh, what We put it out, and you can probably hear the promise of it, but some of the funniest bits are, are Chris in the bit we didn't get his recording and stuff like that, and we're playing off each other, and you'll listen to me and be not absolutely sure what I'm talking about and stuff. And it's Chris fantasy casting in Foggle and Lego, and it's like, <laughs> as you'd expect from a viewing of Moonbreaker. Uh, yeah, I don't think that casting would work today. Uh... No, no,
0: it, no. It, it... <laughs> anyway, uh, do us actually know what I suggested? Or I can't, I can't, I can't remember no, actually no, revealed No,
1: they don't. But think of actors who are pretty good at, well, not good at, but can do recognisable broad uh, Southern accents, but aren't from the South. There you go. Have a think about it. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. And, I'm not likely and... to get work again. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um.
1: <Cool. laughs> oh anyway. dear. Cool. Um, yes, yeah, so it's, it was my Chris. choice. <laughs> Chris is currently writing a script for like <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein and like Maxwell. Never, just don't, don't tell him, folks. No, the Harvey Weinstein
0: produced. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, moving swiftly on. Yes, yes, it's my, it's my choice, uh, and I chose uh, well, basically the, the shittest of all Bond films in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Diamonds Are Forever. Um,
2: good choice, um, yeah, I'm surprised that we haven't got to this one yet, I don't know how that escaped our grasp
1: I, I was about to say I've not seen it since we did uh, the, the review which would have been late 2015 um, mm. but that's not true because I'm going through the Bond film slowly in the build up to what we hope is going to be well I say we hope Depending on your view of the pandemic and what we should, what risks we should or shouldn't take, No Time to Die is still due to be released in November in the UK at the time of recording. Whether that happens, I don't know. Um, it depends on various spikes and everything else that happens in the interim and in the worldwide market. The United States is having a bit of a battering at the moment. So um, we'll have to see. But on that basis that it will be, I'm slowly watching Bond films in prep. And I got to Diamonds Are Forever last weekend, so I so for the first time in five years I watched Diamonds Are Forever just the day before we were supposed to record it, and then <laughs> we got we got delayed for three or four days anyway. So I have seen this very recently.
0: Were you not tempted just to skip it? Because I, I would be.
1: I was tempted to skip it only because we were commentating on it, and I thought that'll that'll count well enough, but. I stuck it on and, to be honest, paid nowhere near enough attention to it. There are films like that where you've seen them so many times. If you thought about it, how much do you really watch them? Mm. And if you then... I, I'm developing that problem with Star Wars, largely because I really dislike the last one so much that it's temporarily, not in a George Lucas, Rape My Childhood kind of childish, overreacting way. But just but done with the, the series. Moment, I'm done with it for now, just because... It's damaged, the, the the end damaged the road to get there. I, I, I stuck on A New Hope uh, just after Disney Plus launched and switched it off after about 20 minutes because I didn't care. And I, I tried, you know, and, and it, that's where I am with it. And I, I tried watching The Mandalorian, which a lot of people like, and I honestly think it's a tone poem in search of a plot. I don't think there's anything happening in it that's of any interest to me whatsoever. And I'm not slagging Star Wars. You know, it's I'm hoping it will come back because I've had it since I was a kid. But at the moment, I'm not that interested. And I think part of my disinterest is familiarity. But part of it is I no longer like it very much. And I think that's the problem with something like Diamonds Are Forever. I've seen it dozens of times. And so you put it on, and it, and you, you realize two thirds of the way through, you've not concentrated on it that hard. So yeah. it, I, I, it comes alive to me in certain bits. It, it
0: doesn't help. I, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but it always seems to be the one that's always on fucking TV. It's always playing yeah. on ITV and like on the middle of a Sunday afternoon or something like that.
2: If it was a yeah. bank holiday, it just tends to be like Thunderball or Diamonds or one of the kind of ones that perhaps you haven't seen very often or that you think, oh, it's a bit naff or, you know, or like Never Say Never Again. Sorry to be on Sean Connery, but it just happens to be one of those movies.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think there is a difference between the general public and hardcore Bond fans and, and Diamonds Are Forever's, like a well-known, well-recognised one with a classic name. And, a, to... and the, the classic Bond and the theme yeah, tune. Epic tunes. You know, I, I can sort of see that it's got a bit more, it's got a little bit more cachet with the general public. Thunderball always baffles me in that it was the biggest, it, it was really pretty, it was still Pete Connery, but 25% of it is underwater. And because it's lost the wow factor, it's quite a slow film. So when you stick it on ITV with a ton of advert breaks,
2: this goes on forever.
1: It just goes on forever, and I just can't imagine the average person being any who isn't a big Bond fan being anything other than bored with it, trying to watch it that way. But there you go. Never say never again. Yeah, that's another one that pops up quite a lot. Um, I don't really watch them on TV anymore, um, no, and thing, I, yeah, I don't if know... You can
2: stream them or got them on sort of physical media. You don't really need to do. I mean, like as as a time of recording, I think from this weekend, um, ITV are going to be showing all of them. I would say we're just you know screening the Bond films. Um, from start to finish. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to include um, Never Seen Never Again or Xena oil probably not because they're starting with To Know. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do what they do I, with them, how they do it. I don't
1: it. even so, know how they're going to do it because we're 26 weeks from the end of the year. From well like, I know, this is okay? it, I wonder. So I don't know I, there are 24 films to go through, that's 20. Maybe that's why they're doing it and that, then give that, it that, weeks. That, that, That's 23 weeks when you yeah. think the first film is week zero
3: yeah
1: um so if they just show the eon films right up to and including spectre it would take them to a week before christmas so i don't see that they've got time to fit them all in
2: no they might skip a couple i don't know how they're gonna do it but
1: oh
2: Oh, oh, like, like the sucker i am i'll probably watch them anyway
1: yeah, I just never know what's on TV because I don't switch it on very often, other than to watch something specific or to no, go a lot to of a certain. do ad. watch live
3: TV these days. Um,
1: so I, I don't really know. I'm not anti it, although the adverts put me off. And basically, apart from a short spell where Sky had them, ITV have always had the Bond films, which means of advert course. breaks every 15 to 20 minutes.
3: Oh.
1: Um, and it doesn't suit me. And again, I, don't, I can't speak for now, but. When they were starting to sort of get remastered and come out on DVD, the version on TV just didn't look as good. No. But they might have they might have four K masters now. I've got a clue. Let's
2: see what happens um, if not. They're probably still working off the the Lyle restorations. will Yeah. I'll be watching with uh, with intrigue.
1: Yeah, I mean, iTunes have the four K versions. What they don't have is an HDR mix on them. No. So they there's still a stage they could go further with color. Um, but the colour mix, whenever I've seen screenshot comparisons, the iTunes versions aren't wildly better, but they are 4K. And Ooh. the color, the choices of colour palette are slightly... Where there are differences, generally speaking, the iTunes versions are a little bit more conservative and slightly better in their colour choices. Okay. Um, it's just interesting to see comparisons. Yeah, uh, I, don't yeah think I, anything- I don't really do that, so... It doesn't matter with this film, because Diamonds Are Forever might just be the ugliest film in this series. It
2: is. It's like the height of naff, really, isn't it? It's got kind of like... It just... The quintessential image is of like Connery in his bright, bright pink tie, you just think, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: But it's very trailblazing as well, because you've kind of got like the first um, African-American female villain or female henchman, for example, um, and other, other points of injury. So... In many ways, it's it's very it's very much ahead of its time, and then at the same time, it's very much of
0: its time. It's just it's just a very seventies film. It is, um, and you think of seventies. It's like the the, well, the the good aspect of seventies was like kind of made that grimy kind of um, aesthetic,
1: which right,
2: yes, yeah, so it's all quite gritty and quite doesn't dirty. Doesn't
1: suit... doesn't suit James Bond. No,
2: and then you've got this film, which is kind of very bright, very brash, very bold, very shiny.
1: Yeah, you. I, think, you know. I, I wouldn't say that at all. I think y- you can. Well,
2: I just mean you, it's, you kind of it's set
1: tra- in Las Vegas, which is very bright, very very garish. That's you know? my point. You transpose into your memory like Ocean's Eleven or something modern day Las Vegas. Hmm. The Las Vegas in this film is really ugly. I was about to say really tacky. You could argue modern Las Vegas is really tacky,
3: Definitely. but
1: at least it at least looks pricey and expensive and overblown, whereas you know, there's a bit where he's in the car and they drive. Well, we'll we'll get to it when we get to the film. But you know, it looks it looks almost like a Blackpool, not a Las Vegas. <laughs> I think I said. Well, it's it's
2: it. a constantly changing landscape, as well, isn't it? I mean, I probably last went ten plus years ago, um, and obviously, in that in that space of time, it's it's changed. I, mean, I think the hotel I stayed in was still there, but like many hotels have come have come and gone in that space of time. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's something that's always constantly changing and evolving. So. Yeah, that is what it is. Has,
0: but... has Las Vegas still got the the cowboy and the 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 arm extending, <laughs> going up Probably.
1: I don't know. I think I've transposed that onto various episodes of but, The Simpsons and other yeah, things. Yeah, I think you probably
0: but have. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's weird though because like you know you think about like you know what what the old Las Vegas is in in the seventies. And, yeah. like, and it's like the old side of it, it's like the forgotten bit of it. It's like the it's not, not actually part of the main strip anymore. You know, the, the the strip is kind of... Yeah, it's the, you know the. You got all the strip, of all the you know, casinos and hotels and things like that, and it's just it, it it's just insane. But then you sort of you turn a corner, you sort of go off the strip. That's when you start looking looking at like the old things. You know, oh my god, this is straight out of the seventies. This is what old Vegas was. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I think he I think he's still there. According to according to Wikipedia, um, he's had new paint jobs throughout the years um, and was last restored in nineteen ninety eight. But um, yeah, he's kind of on the end. Where, where is he, Vegas Vic? There's a neon sign portraying a cowboy, which was erected on the exterior of the Pioneer Club in Las Vegas in 1951.
1: I've I've Um, never, I've never been there. It's, it's not high up on my list. It's not that I'm anti it. It, I'd, I'd be quite happy to see Las Vegas. How high up it would be on my to-do list, I'm not sure.
2: You can still go there and have, like I went. Well, it was probably, it was more than, probably more than 10 years ago because I was, um, I was under 21, (laughs) um, couldn't gamble, so didn't do anything. Neither did my dad actually. But yeah, we kind of, you know, you can go there. Um. And you don't have to kind of do any casinos or anything. You can go see a show. Like I remember a friend of mine went there many years ago, and he saw Cirque du Soleil and oh, some Beatles show. I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was fantastic. Um, like he didn't go any the casinos. Um, he obviously went to the Grand Canyon and went on a, a pontoon um, on a boat and um, you know down the Colorado River, um, which I've also done. So you, you know you can go there and have these amazing experiences. And you don't need to, you know to go into a casino. So
1: yeah anyway, that's just my let's take see, let, <laughs> let's see what the landscape of it's like in 18 months time because i i well, not, yeah, obviously not now
2: obviously without you you without
1: know. without naming them i i was talking to one of our listeners the other day actually you sort of friended me a little while back and they've lost their job after all of this what's going mm. on um uh yeah just gone out of business so oh, I'm uh, sorry and there's a lot of that, and the only stimulus they got over there was like twelve hundred dollars, and that, that was it. Uh, so yeah, I,
3: yeah, I think they got good some good of the, a lot of a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot of the unemployment benefits have just disappeared now. You know, no, the, awful, it? it was made livable for a while, which actually was one thing that wasn't even here if you were unemployed. But at least no. there was a furloughing scheme. So yeah, I was quite good
2: to have that. because no, a friend of mine. Well, she's American originally, but it lives over here for many years. But yeah, she received the payment, and then. I think one of her relatives, you know, suddenly got laid off and said it was, it was awful. So
1: I'm really sorry to hear about that. Brutal environment. Mm. Um, So So yeah, we we do note these things and we do think of you all. So wishing everybody around the world well, because uh, although our infection and death rate is actually pro rata, one of the worst in the world, if not the worst in the world, uh, certainly of the developed nations, we know that,
2: yeah, quite up there, unfortunately. Varying
1: levels of government support in different areas and different types of different levels of infections in different urban conurbations and stuff mean there are people listening to it to this who have it far worse than any of the three of us. So we just wish you all luck. Yeah,
2: sending everybody warm wishes.
1: Um, yeah. Thinking of you. Well, that was a bit serious. Cause should we be flippant and like, <laughs> is a Sean Connery for a couple? Of... <laughs> well, but,
2: let's hope you know through our podcast we can bring people a little bit of light.
1: Yeah, play spot the toupee. Um...
2: Yeah, literally every time we see a tube, take well, a I, drink.
1: I, I, I'm not an expert, but I'm guessing it'll be on his head. <laughs> it'll
2: be on his head, not yeah, yeah, not in a tube, <laughs> out of a can. Yeah.
0: So, um, shall we start watching? So, um, on on the count of three, ladies and gents. Yep. Let's okay. do it. Two hours. Okay. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> okay. And eight seconds.
2: Those eight seconds are very important, you know.
0: Uh, you know I'm actually surprised some people actually might consider this the best that their
1: favourite Roger Moore did
2: yes Sir Roger did for sure I
1: mean I can't speak for what he said in other environments at different days in different moods but the time I saw him live he actually said and then Sean came back to do the the, the best of all the Bonds diamonds are forever <laughs> I was like I felt like shouting out, something out and I thought no no be polite he's entitled to his opinion
2: <laughs> it's a rod you don't you know don't disagree What for
1: fuck's sake What <laughs> <laughs> the bloody hell Christ all your films are better than this and you did octopusy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's saying something
0: yeah uh, anyway <laughs> right let's get on initiate mission okay so on count of three uh, one Two and three.
1: Okay. So
2: Please fine. note that we're all watching on different formats.
1: Yes, I'm watching it. I'm watching it through the medium of interpretive dance. So, so <laughs> is Chris, Chris is reading the book. <laughs> I'm on the Blu-ray. Skimming. <laughs> uh, and Becca's yeah, book's watching book's a live animation it? event.
2: Dave's actually watching a montage of all the um, all the titles, all the neon naked girls dancing. Uh,
1: and there's the, you know, the, the And watch his leg! Whoa!
2: <laughs> watch his hat is what I'm going to say. I
1: accidentally shot Miles off to the side.
2: This is the last time that we see him wear a hat. Uh,
1: yeah, although that was shot for Thunderball. If only, I think it was only colour in one of the films. It was colour in one of the earlier films, but there you go. Oh. This, this boded well.
2: This pre-titles.
1: Yeah, but this bit is suddenly like... What, the last time we saw him, he was cradling his dead wife. <laughs> this is promising. He's like on the fucking rampage. Yeah, you think like, and this is in where... Reality, it's thriller we all Immediately, this is Far East as well, so he's travelled right. some distance, whereas had it been in like Austria, you wouldn't necessarily know. So he's going all over the world to do this, although that effect of the guy sliding into the fucking railings looked weird.
0: Yeah. I think, I think the mime is pretty
1: awful, yeah. isn't it? Asps, very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> I don't like this scene. Yeah, you, you... Oh, yeah.
0: First he's
2: first... Got to look away. But the thing so.
1: that that's a really bad intro. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Bond, James Bond. That's immediately when people say he phoned it in. I'm not sure I agree, but that line was terrible. Considering he did two of the best. The first film, and Goldf- Dr. No and Goldfinger are both really classic deliveries of it. Mm. And he's he's really lazy there. And I just don't like him strangling this woman. No,
2: you have to sort of look away. I think no.
1: Okay, I mean, I can look at it. It's not fucking real, but it's a bit I know, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, And the campest man in the history of the world.
2: Don't forget, he also played the narrator in Rocky Horror, having to don those yeah. fishnets. Yeah. So, I'm,
1: just wonder, I'm just wondering if they couldn't get—they had Dale Winton but thought he was way too fucking macho and heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they went. Oh, that's a shame. I kind of want to see Dale Winton as a Bond villain now.
2: And also, Terry, Terrence Martin's in the scene.
1: Uh, Terrence Martin, yes, he is, um, and I don't think I'd ever noticed till I watched it the other day. No, he's the guy that speaks in a minute. Yeah, he's got
2: a line.
1: Yeah, basically, Chris um, Bond beat him up on the beach in the in on Majesty's. Mm.
2: Yeah, he played Raphael I he in, in that, I
1: think he was the one that hold, held the gun at him.
2: He goes, "Don't move."
1: Yeah, don't move. Like not that. this, not this guy, because he's no. just under the water. But the, in a, after this bit, two guys come out. The one that's holding the gun at him, not the one that goes behind him, reaches into his pocket, is Darius Terrence Mountain, who Becca's met several times. I've met once. Um it, friends with us on Facebook and he was in this film and in Honour Majesty's Secret Service. And strangely enough, he speaks way higher of Honour Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, funny that. that quite a nice bloke. I mean the funny yeah, thing he's... is he was charging for signatures and pictures and stuff, but he actually looked almost embarrassed to be doing it. So I, I think he's pretty good egg, actually. Yeah,
2: he's he's alright. His heart's in the right
1: place. And actually when Becca's not there, he asks for her.
2: Oh,
3: kind of
1: looks like Christopher Lee, though. He, insist- he does a little bit, doesn't he? I never thought of that. Well, they—the only thing I did think when I saw that is that they've gone for the very distinctive eyebrows. Although Sean's are quite making distinct. much power. And I wonder, it. like, I, I wonder if it's like—I wonder if it's like uh, from Russia with Love, where the guy wearing the Sean Connery mask in the pre-title they had to recast because he didn't look different enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Whereas there, they've gone for someone who totally looks nothing... as far away from Charles Bray. Yeah, Quake he's really... Look at guys. those sideburns. So, not yeah, this I guy. sideburns, aren't they? <laughs> not this guy, who I think probably went on to play Amos or whatever in Emmerdale Farm. <laughs> <laughs> but the one he's just kicked away is Terrence Mountain. Who, yes, he's aged nearly 50 years, but actually, it still looks like him, doesn't it? Becca. Yeah,
2: he's still legendary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he just got stabbed. Oh, over you go. Uh, there's a physical threat for Sean. Uh, look how lazy that is as an action sequence. <laughs> That's it. And one slab and he's laying face down on the thing. There's a continuity error there. Yeah, there is a
2: continuity
1: error. And this is
2: that, somebody could do
1: his makeup. I was never convinced that was hot either, but I was convinced Ooh. it might be like banoffee pie or something. <laughs> yeah, I always imagined, imagined that might taste quite nice. It's a lovely fondue. Yeah.
2: I did sell the uh, sound effects there.
1: I like
0: how yeah. you, used, you used the actual, like, uh, that, that, that practical joke where you get sort of your fingers slapped in the Yeah, in the
2: tra- That's a funny one, I like that one. Ah.
0: But, but in hindsight, this whole, like, entrance is kind of rushed, isn't it? You know, it's like, you, you have to sort of, where is he? And then, like, when the, the third time he just shows up, no, he's Bond, James Bond. Yeah, it's very yeah, quick.
1: It's. It they have to it's almost like they felt they had to acknowledge the last film but they really mm-hmm. didn't want to because him and Blofeld are actually quite amiable in a sort of villain and you know good guy mm-hmm. dynamic comparatively my first memory is uh, th- thinking about this film now and what's about oh to Sid Haig's
0: with... in this I just realised
1: who? Sid, Sid Haig yes I forgot mm-hmm. all about that yeah. actually what else did we come We've, co- We've covered Sid Hagen something, haven't we? Jackie Brown.
2: That was
1: it. He was the judge? Yeah.
2: Yes, he was.
1: Uh-huh. He didn't die that long ago. Yeah. Or I don't think he did. I was about to say he's died since Jackie Brown, but that's obvious given he wasn't dead in Jackie <laughs> Brown. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's
2: still very much alive. He's rolled his very brave them.
1: Going with a. He died September last year. Hmm. Aged eighty. Well, oh. uh, since we last recorded, Joel Schumacher has passed away as well. Oh, very sad. Becker immediately got on messenger and asked if it was our fault. And it's like <laughs> we did Batman years ago. There's got to be a statue of, of the on it. Yeah, but I, I did mention I bet, uh, I bet
0: uh, Toby shitted himself.
1: Um, I well in the <laughs> very <laughs> last in the very last podcast, I think it was. What was the last podcast we did? Oh, Hobson and Shaw. Yeah. I was talking about. Um, just letting them riff, and I likened it to I accidentally said Batman and Robin, but I made ba- I meant Batman forever with Jim Carrey. And I was saying about how he was allowed to do line after line, and they weren't very funny. Oh. So, in the very last podcast, I did mention a Joel Schumacher film. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, folks.
2: Oh,
1: dear. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know they tend to be a bit sort of silhouetted and on black, but this actually looks darker than the average.
2: Huh. It does. I think
1: it's that well, the diamonds there. stand out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that could be it, actually. Tom Mankiewicz's first uh, contribution to the series. And like I say, I'll, I'll, always, have, I'll always have a bit of... A, you see Nipple there. Um, <laughs> you, you, you Um I will always respect him for his work on Superman, because I think he really got that. And that had a very special tone to it, whatever its limitations, but... I, it's notable, yeah, that... Hilders, so, is,
2: you know, classic movie.
1: But the worst lines of the Roger Moore era tend to be in his earlier entries and stuff. I know this isn't a Roger Moore film, but like when Christopher Wood came on board, suddenly the lines got better. Look, look at the pre-title of like the Spy Who Loved Me. That immediately, it's like three or four exceptional lines straight away. I, I remember when we reviewed this, note, noting how Bernard Lee did not look very well here. Yeah. I'm just going to look up when that because his wife died in a fire and i got a feeling it was 1971 but i'm not quite sure when the film came out no sorry it was january 1972 she died so it not happened by this stage okay cuz that worsened his alcoholism but mm. he was pretty bad anyway
0: Which which was the film that you do you saying that he had to basically sort of I, pretty much.
1: I, th- I thought I read and again bear in mind we did this four years ago and I, I did an awful lot of reading for Bond back in the day um, when I did the series for set the tape recently I didn't do a lot of reading at all because I just did it from memory and impressions I, I mean don't get me wrong if you go back and read that series I don't have a supernatural memory for box office I did have to look up a few things but I, I'd always know ballpark and stuff like that but back when we were doing this I, I was reading up on it a lot and I believe he was having to be propped up in the wedding scenes in Mag- at the end of Majesties. Mm. Um, I, but I don't know. Now, this guy, this guy is familiar to me, and I'm not sure what from. I don't know if he was like a British sitcom actor or something. What's the character's name, Becca? Oh,
2: just get my imdb.com. I oh, it's... I
1: just wondered if you knew off the top of your oh, head. No, I
2: can't remember.
0: Think it, I think he mentioned Donald in the subtitles. Donald something rather.
1: Okay, because okay, basically, it is fair to say Becca's general knowledge on bonds a little bit better than ours on average. Oh well, yeah, I was, like, was
2: just looking him
1: up. So. so. Donald Munger.
2: That was it.
1: Um, Lawrence Naismith died in 1992, mm-hmm. aged 80. So he was in his right. Okay, what do I know him from? I'm just going to go through and have a look while you go through this. His career actually ended in the early 80s. I'll have the page up, just in case. He was in The Persuaders. Mm. As so Judge Village of the Damned? Yes, I will have seen that. Um, he was Fezziwig in Scrooge. I think that's the um, Albert oh. Finney version. Okay. Uh, I've not seen him in as much as I thought he had although he was Argos mm. in Jason and the Argonauts yeah there's lots of things on and here and this
0: laminated book of all the treasures
1: yeah <laughs> and he was always oh, in A night to Remember as well, I've seen that, that was the sort of Honor Blackman starring Titanic film
2: oh
1: Richard III as Lord Stanley
2: I've heard a technical hitch, let me know when you get to the Scorpion Yeah, oh, sure. just,
0: just get into it now, he's just picked it up Okay. Uh, it's just yeah. me the dentist. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Dr. Tynan, good evening. Who yeah, are yeah, you? yeah, got
0: him. Bitten yeah. by the bug. Yeah, he, um, I, I don't know what to make of these two because, in a way, they're really memorable
1: and, um, they can't, they're and mo-
0: kind of fun. Uh,
1: there are things in this series that I, I'm quite respectful of other views. I always have been. But there are things in this series where people like something and I go, how? Do you know what I mean? I, I read some, I, I do know someone who like really likes Denise Smith as a uh, Denise Lewis uh, Denise Richards as a. Bongo. <laughs> we'll get there in the end. Denise Smith, Denise Lewis, Denise Richards. She's enough, isn't she? I don't know. Um, Denise Richards as a bongo, and I look at it and go, "Why? You know, <laughs> um, with these two, I, I just think, well, yeah, they're a bit marmite, but they're memorable, they're distinctive, they have a bit of repartee with each other, and they're slightly creepy under it all. So I could kind of get why people would oh. like them." I think
0: You've got, like I... like you got like John Teeth Pink Panther kind of like John Barry theme, haven't you? Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> it, 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 it is John Barry does sort of Mancini. It is a little
2: bit, yeah.
1: So just... Yeah, yeah. Mm. although the score to this is brilliant, full stop. But um, It's a strange way to kill people because that scorpion may not have bitten, but there you go. Scorpion. Uh, um... Yeah,
3: you could I, you I, just I, pull out a so knife I...
1: really, couldn't you? I can see why people... I mean, he was such a screen presence, uh, Crispin's dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bruce
2: Glover, definitely.
1: Bruce, I'm surprised he didn't... I mean, he must have been in quite a lot more, but I don't really know him from much else.
2: They're kind of mainly known through... One well, obviously don't know, know Crispin personally, but through, obviously, like, yeah, um, Going Back to the Future and sort of the shows that he did in films and that he did in sort well, of well, the Crispin, 90s and 90s but...
1: Yeah, no, know, but what about Bruce? That's what I'm saying. Well, no,
2: this is it. I was just trying to think. Uh, Chinatown? Mm. I,
1: I think the, the only problem with it, these two is they're all right in and of themselves, but they're emblematic of the series just going in the wrong direction from the last film.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just take were... a bit of a shot left I turn, mean, and...
1: I, know, I, know, I know literally they wouldn't have fitted in the story, but but style-wise, they wouldn't have fitted in on A Majesty's Secret Service.
2: No, they could only exist in this film, couldn't they, really? Yeah. Uh, Diamonds, let's see what
0: else. Well, you could
1: see them in a Roger Moore film. Yeah, but not for a while because I don't think no. they'd fit, I don't well, think they'd have fit, they wouldn't have fitted in *Living Let Die*, and I don't think they would have fitted in *Golden Gun* either.
2: Mini TV, let's have a look. six million dollar man. But i will so back to story. This, look,
1: this looks cheap. That looks like a set. She's reading to the children at the moment, and that looks like a set.
2: It does it like a set. No, Joshua. Oh, he's in the A team. I'm just going through his his, uh, his list. Yeah, I
1: was convinced that was Mr. T. He's done quite a good impression. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a look, at Bruce Glover. We've got Bruce Glover on Facebook. Me and Berko. He's nice. He's he's, yes, um, he's, 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 he's a nice guy. he's he's everything you would think he is, uh, in the nicest possible way. He still looks uh, like
2: he's still things. doing his acting classes as well. Even he still, yeah, I was say,
1: he, he, he teaches, yeah. Um, and he 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 wishes every one of his Facebook friends a happy birthday.
2: Yes, it's very so um,
1: nice. Very which is a shame because I saw him. I saw him wish someone a happy birthday or I know to be dead, and I didn't have the heart to tell him. Because mm-hmm. obviously, when people die, their Facebook accounts mm-hmm. aren't always. We've got one in our follower list. There is someone in our follower list for this show. I know passed away a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I saw Bruce wish them a happy birthday, but I didn't have the heart to say. No, I think um, you can just sort of leave it like that. Really,
2: can't you? you don't yeah, need to say anything. So. Yeah.
1: He's appeared in lots of things in like one episode. Dukes of Hazzard, T.J. Hooker, yeah. Uh, Chips?
2: Uh, no, thank you. I've had my
1: dinner. Oh, I see what he did there. Battlestar Galactica, the original version. Six Million Dollar Man. Done a lot of ever Done a lot of a lot of things. Uh, Walking Tour, the original '73 version. I'm assuming that's uh, Burt Reynolds. Did you see that? Long to, to get them confused. Uh, but, Walking
0: sort, that was Joe jo John Baker, that wasn't it? In the original. Um,
1: I, I'm getting confused with because there have been various interpretations of the same film with different names. Uh, it, it is Joe Don Baker. I was getting confused with The Longest Yard, which is a uh, mm. Clint, uh, uh, Burt, Burt Reynolds film. Um, I don't know how I got them confused because they're not similar. Um, but it's the
2: one money penny scene.
1: Um this was, I thought this was ridiculous it's like, think of where we are we're 15 minutes into this film 3 minutes of that, or 16 minutes roughly, 3 minutes of that has been the title song, so we're th- 12 to 13 minutes on from the end of the last film where his wife was shot and she's going get me an engagement ring <laughs>
0: just, I, I just sloppy seconds, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah.
1: maybe it's because Majesties is now so respected, and at the time it was seen as a bit of a misfire. But I, there's mm. a bit of me that just looks at it and goes, "That's a bit disrespectful." Is really?
2: No, there's, there's always going to be that sort of repartee between them, aren't there? there's going to be. I mean, I, I, I'm still quite a fan of the, of the story that, they kind of spent a dirty weekend. Obviously, it's very much kind of like a fan fiction from from her side, that um. But you know they spent a dirty weekend away together, and then they were like, never speak of this again.
0: So yeah. <laughs> see, I I don't like it. I don't like it just for the the sheer um it it's just money money paying being a bit too aggressive like like money it should be bondies yeah, trying, trying to, to charm it. money penny and money paying being a bit hard to get. And that's mm. kind of
1: what it should be. Or like, yeah, she's she's prick-teasing a little bit, but she knows it's because he, he's not really serious. No,
2: yeah. exactly. They they kind of do um, that. bit But of his ego
1: is such that I think he genuinely to he a wants... A, he, w- he, de- he definitely wants a bit of a reaction from her. But, yeah.
2: Have I haven't been to myself. I can say that, honestly, in reality... The Amsterdam really was made by two sisters who wanted to visit themselves every day. The
1: but they ran out of money, so that's why it's called the Skinny but Bridge. Is it skinny in width, or is it skinny because it didn't meet in the middle?
2: Um, it's skinny in width as well. It also quite look, looks quite slender, um, right. but it didn't quite just did. meet in the middle there. So. Right, okay. But they so ran out of funding halfway I mean, through, so, so that's why it's called the Skinny Bridge. To be
1: honest, I mean, a major civil engineering job, I just think I might move house to the other side of the river. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> Bridges cost yeah, perhaps
2: modern... they weren't thinking about that at the time.
1: Yeah. so would we say this is like to of the worst bomb girls yes But well, I think based on the first sort of half an hour you'd think she would be very strong but yeah she kind of goes it, a bit
2: downhill it, doesn't she
1: collapsed so badly and the other thing is and I've got to be careful how I express this because I, I don't want to sound sexist and I don't I genuinely don't believe I am but there's something about her that's just too brash but that sounds like a judgment you'd only make about a woman necess- in this position. I don't know. But, you know, Honestly, with she's that... She's meant to be sort of know, like a gangster, she isn't she? Keep so. tooting that hooter, Charlie. And that line is just... <laughs> like, I don't like it. I don't and like I her. Yeah, I don't like that. No. But I suppose it would be seen as like... Yeah, she's this, quite like, aggressive, isn't she? Strong, yeah, I just... But, you know, if that sounds sexist, I'm really sorry. This is the collar and cuffs match line, which oh, I think gosh. You, yeah, I you, don't do. like, you don't like that line, do you? No. better? Yeah, is it, I just is like also what, been like in the JBR
2: group when some when some of the you know <laughs> certain individuals <laughs> bust that line out, I'm like, oh, cringe. But then you know, I see they, they mean it ironically; they don't mean it.
1: And it's a it classic line. It's a it is a classic line. The film. Yeah, and it always raises their it's, laugh. It's, it's memorable. Everyone yeah, exactly. remembers the line when they hear it. Mm. Chris, what are you going to say? You're going so like, to ask
0: What's um, what's worse
1: back? Is it that or uh, man talk?
2: <laughs> oh, god, Um. Or, of or, or,
0: or is there another one that's, that you find?
2: Uh, I think they're both as equally as cringeworthy. <laughs> but again, it's very much of its time, isn't it? My is very much of its I, time.
1: I remember so. saying on the, uh, I think it was the commentary for Goldfinger, where in my defence, this is five years ago, and I was getting slowly blasted during that recording. <laughs> um, you asked, I think it might even have been you, I don't think you asked about collars and cuffs Chris, but you asked which was worse, that or something else. Mm. Yeah, there, was, there was another one, wasn't there? And I said, well, the other one's worse because you know this is meant to be playful, and some girls like a spank. <laughs> 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 but I was getting slowly drunk. Um, but well, it depends on what you're into. But there's a part of me that still actually believes that, in that, like, I think it's meant to be playful in Goldfinger, whereas it I just is. yeah, it, it doesn't whereas mean here, I think it's running down the the idea of the writers going, well there's got to be loads of sexual innuendo and we're going to get it as we go into the Roger Moore era that like he's cramming sexual references in everywhere. Mm. And we know he's got a healthy libido. We'll know that he'll take the opportunity if it comes there, you know, his way
3: Exactly. But
1: with Roger. I often felt like he's only thinking about sex and he's trying to engineer every conversation he's having around to that. And I think the genesis of it is here. She's commented yeah. on the hair on her head, and he's gone. Ha,
0: ha,
3: ha, ha, well. yeah.
0: It's yeah. almost as if, like, it's like the writers' room. We had to be- add basically sort of um, Eddie and uh, Richie and Eddie from Bottom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it, right, he's not referred to her tits or bush here. What can we have him say?
2: <laughs> what can we have him say instead?
1: Yeah. yeah. So um, I kind of agree. I do smile ironically at the line, and I have used it myself, but I totally see why Becca doesn't like it this is a really silly gadget <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's still funny and you know, it makes me and, laugh but you just think I just roll the eyes a little bit you just think oh mm-hmm. really so that, but,
1: yeah, that's but the problem I think these lines fine. should these lines should make you smile or laugh and I think it got to the point where we expected bond humor to be you know we didn't refer to it as like groaners yeah and it's like if your reaction is just <laughs> but you kind of enjoy it in an ironic way then yeah the, yeah. the humour's not really working. Um, but that was always a strange gadget. You know, he's like, oh, you know, it's like, well, she, yeah, with might, the, with the she, fingerprints. she might take your glass and take fingerprints. Well, I suppose they, you might get away with that on the basis that they might have some inside intelligence. Look at that look.
2: That's brilliant.
1: <laughs> he's getting off with himself. It, no, that, the, that's the sort of kind of shit he did at school, though, isn't it?
2: Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of stuff at school
1: by pranks. Yeah. Well, I went to an all boys school, so the 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 alternatives weren't really something I was that <laughs> interested in. Mm. Didn't the guy who pay, played free, Peter Franks? I'm struggling with English tonight. Frito Panks. Uh, Peter Franks died recently.
0: I think so. Um, he died 2017. Yeah, a few
2: years that's
1: ago. Not, actually, actually, July third. So, nearly on the anniversary.
2: Of oh dear, his... so nearly. Yes, nearly to the
1: day. It's the anniversary tomorrow, folks. We're recording on. We're recording on Thursday. This will be out within a day or two. Oh. Who is your uh, we we work Chris work shifts we weren't able to do sunday as usual so we're only a couple of days away from another recording um I like the idea of this more than I like the actual execution because the, the the you know it is a little bit brutal but it's shot a couple of times where you see shots missing and the way the fight starts is a little chop? D- yeah Gido, chop. yeah it's it could be even better that's not to say it's bad but I wouldn't put it up with the I wouldn't put it in the Connery canon I wouldn't put it up with the Red Grant fight but I think it's a good idea you know tight proximity and everything ruined by the line that's coming in a minute
0: that, yeah you just I'm... you just think if this was like done now with, with Craig it would be so much better
1: yeah yeah, it would. And some of his reactions are, are a bit... Not him, but Peter Franks yeah. is a bit Roger Moore-look. Oof!
0: Oof! Yeah.
1: Oof! Um, it's not... It, it isn't bad. And for its time, it's actually pretty good. But it could be better. And bear in mind, I, I, I really don't like slagging off Guy Hamilton because he was an accomplished director and apparently a very, very nice man. But I think we've discussed that sometimes he can be a bit sloppy. Um, yeah, I think that, this I, film... Think yeah. There's elements in this film and there's elements here that like the idea of the scene and the commitment of the two actors leads you to believe it's better than it is. But some of the actual shots in it are slightly lazy and you think, no, oh, just, like... do, just do that bit again. There's enough cuts in it. If it was done in one shot, pre then I'd understand that I'd go, OK, well, you can't really correct that. So we accept the punch missed.
2: And also, like the the tone is kind of all over the place sometimes as well. So this this could be like a really brutal, like in the style of *From Russia with Love*, for example.
1: Yes. In the
2: style of that, you know, a really brutal, tough fight in a very enclosed space, you know, by two twi- two quite tough guys with nothing but their wits, for example. Um, mm. And it is up until a point, and then it just kind of all falls away at the end. You just think, oh. I know, and
1: really... now we've got now we've got oh, yep. the swapping of the cards. And firstly, if I remember correctly, it's a play- Playboy card. Hey, how Club did she get card. down
2: there? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't yeah, he's got know. a
2: Playboy
1: card. She, she must have run down the stairs. It can't just be a lift, but I don't know. I <laughs> mean, she's got another lift. But it's a Playboy card, which is immediately like Playboy is associated with sex and a healthy libido. So once again, it's what a boy, eh? And secondly, you <laughs> just killed James Bond. And again, I think if you if you'd ever interviewed, you know, uh, Tom Mankiewicz about this, I mean, he was interviewed, but I don't know if he was ever offered this as a question. I think he would be of the Roger Moore school of thinking that the whole concept's a bit daft. You know, he walks into a bar and everyone knows his drink, which is exaggerated because he normally has to order it. Uh, but the pen knows who the line. Is. Yeah, but, you know, but hence, you know, but hence, you know, the whole, you just killed James Bond, that strikes me as very Tom Mankiewicz because we've never mm. had that really before or since that he's a celebrity in that way. No. I suppose we got it in Golden Gun, because Scaramanga has a fucking wax work of him. Yeah. Um But and it doesn't do strike me as so, espionage.
0: I don't understand that's a bit more believable because you think, well, he would be known in
1: in that certain circle. That circle. It, it's not as believable as from Russia with Love, because that would be s pure espionage. Plus hmm. members of Spectre have met him. And you know, he was try someone tried to photograph him at the airport in Jamaica and things like that. So I think that would be entirely possible. It's slightly less plausible with Scaramanga because they're not really they're not really in the same game. I know he says we're both assassins, but one's a freelance killer and the other one's like a government policeman, effectively.
2: Yeah.
1: Um it doesn't quite work for me. But that they that was that was Tom Mankowitz as well and it went away after that you know
2: yeah but it's a certain style that he has that you kind of think oh don't know
1: yeah i they when i think about this film yeah. it's not very sunny either is it they're just landing in like las vegas or what i'm assuming that's vegas i can't remember if they go there first but it's not very bright for a desert town is it no yeah, it looks like vegas it's going to oh,
2: yeah, be almost like strip lighting, As, almost. I, I, I
1: recognize, I recognize one of the buildings in the background. Because uh, it's really
0: weird. Because you go into the airport, and you can literally just see the strip, like see all the buildings, like right. Yeah, yeah, it, that can. building between
1: them is still there, I think.
2: What do you reckon to this, um, to this Felix scene?
1: I think he's okay. Are um, they sort
2: of like forgotten, Felix?
1: Well, he's he's not in it much, is he? No. They look friendly enough, but they don't look. I mean, when you think, when it was Jack Lord. That was iconic. Well. Yeah, but you you could imagine he was like an American Bond. He was doing a lot of the same things Bond did. Yeah, he was
2: very smooth, very suave.
1: I don't know about smooth and suave. I I imagine he would have a different style. But you can imagine him doing a lot of the same things, whereas this guy looks like a a desk-bound bureaucrat. He
2: he could be a copper.
1: But you might still be pally with him because he helps you out and stuff.
2: He's a bit unsung hero. Um,
1: I I do wonder if there's a deleted scene of Bond stuffing the diamonds up the corpse's ass.
2: Up the elementary.
1: Yeah, because they must have... There's only him and Tiffany. And they <laughs> so got, how, they, how does he They know? got them in there somewhere. <laughs> Somehow.
2: Did
1: it. Elementary is like a line. It's a funny joke, but it's like, just think about that for a minute. Yeah,
2: hold
1: on a minute. <laughs> how did they do that? How
2: did they get there? Or well, some... I don't know, some person on the, on the plane had that... Not Very nice job of having to do
1: it. What do you just approach somebody on the play? Hi, you don't know me, but uh... I don't know
2: me, but would
1: you, would you mind? That's um, one of these. Would you mind forcing these diamonds into this gentleman's abus? Yes, yes, I know he's dead, but at least he won't put up a fight. No,
0: <laughs> oh
1: dear, oh, will be a lot softer. I got a brother,
0: I got a brother. See, I, I don't actually. This guy,
1: this guy closest to the picture, uh, closest to camera, we've seen, we see in another Bond film.
2: Mark Lawrence. For um, I can't remember his character's name in I'm the Golden Gun*.
1: He's one of the hired hitmen to come and yeah. uh, keep try and keeps Caramanga sharp by trying to kill him.
2: Recreation Unlimited. I'm a little bit behind the
1: with... They've just pulled up to Slumber Inc. And Uh he's shat in the chapel That's a different film Shat in the chapel? I don't know I've misplaced my H That's a different film Morton Slumber It's like John Major had a baby With Roy Orbison
0: (laughs) (laughs) See he kind of looks like Charles Grey himself He does a little bit A little bit
2: Oh look and you've got a diamond as the icon
0: what's the turn out for a funeral
2: <laughs> oh dear yeah it's kind of like the either the best name or worst name for a funeral
1: director Morton Slumber it's his stage name
2: yeah stage yeah that's it his <laughs> gotta real give is like, it a
1: bit of razzmatazz when people die in Vegas
2: his real name's John but actually he's like hmm Morton
0: I don't know, I'd, I'd rather go with dares in peace to be honest with you. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <Des>. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Yes. We, we we considered Steve cardiac arrest, but uh, it doesn't really does. Uh, I think Chris pointed out in review this is the quickest fucking. <laughs> It is. cremation greedy. of all time unfortunately they've literally walked straight through and there they are bit of small talk <laughs> and there you are did the corpse just fart <laughs> though <laughs> <back? laughs> <Yeah,
0: laughs> they should just, just gone in they sit down sit there awkwardly for about five seconds
1: and they're <laughs> I know and they've all been like dusted off and ready
0: That to be fair, it isn't
1: actually real, though, is it? It's just. No, I know, but they're not even putting an act up, are they? <laughs>
3: There's
1: something about that Ern. It's like he's just a like one Wimbledon or something. <laughs> Missing the handles, but.
2: Oh yeah, just a little bit like the <laughs> wooden cup.
1: Connery's. I don't know if it's the various different clothes he wears but his weight appears to fluctuate in this film. And I'm not the only person who's ever said that. If you look at him in that suit there, just as he was walking across the sort of garden of remembrance or whatever, he actually looks quite smart. But there's later times where you see him in a tux and you think, Christ, as a visual compared to like Dr. No, where he looks sleek.
2: He looks really vital.
1: Yeah,
2: you described him as what, looking like a panther or something, didn't you? there's a That's, the that's of...
1: not mine. That that's a standard way to talk about the way Connery moved, and I mm. I just echo it because it's true. Yeah. Not always because his gun barrel wasn't very good, and later on when he did things like Never Say Never Again, he wasn't a natural dancer, but that he did have a certain walk.
2: Yeah, a certain energy about um,
1: it. And a certain energy and a certain screen presence. And he had it there in the suit, but as the film goes on, this time where he, he does look a bit overweight and so on. And he's only 40 here. That's no age for a James Bond historically. You know, most Bonds have just been starting their careers around then. At least three of the Bonds hadn't even started at the age of 40.
2: No. And it was, he turned 41, 42 when he started.
1: Bros was Broz was born in '53, so he he will have turned 42 during the shoot. Yeah, I always yeah, said. I making
2: off book. It says I I, Tuesday.
1: I I always um said Dalton was 43, but that actually there's disagreement. Oh, you'll see his. Yeah, discrepancy
2: about his, but when it, he was born, he it's was either, either one year or the it
1: other. Was, it was either 41 or 46. And most often you seem to see 46. So, actually, if that's accurate, he was 41 when the Living Daylights came out. Lazenby, Lazenby was younger. Uh, Craig was in his 30s, but Roger Moore was in his mid 40s. And as much as I think he still looked that, good. that's always too old to go to start, though, because he was starting to look too old within about three films. Now, in this day and age, they're further apart. If you cast someone at 46 now, they'd look too old in their second film. Yeah. Um, I think next I,
2: time they'll probably, when they come after Craig, they'll probably be, look somebody who's like maybe sort of 30, like mid 30s
1: perhaps. We'll be, we'll be flying cars and having our meals in fucking pill form by then.
2: <laughs> probably at this rate. COVID aside, get on with it.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I'm saying is Connery looking so. He, he looks okay, but the wig ain't great. He's a little bit overweight. And I think part of it is it wouldn't be so bad if this was his debut. But we've already seen him in several Bond films when he just looks so young and vital and it just it just adds to this kind of feeling of Christ, he, he declines so quickly in the role. He, he's still one of the best Bonds but his last two official entries are just notably he's not in the same shape or making quite the same sc- splash on the screen. No. Nah. Sammy Davis Jr. on the left.
3: Oh, yes, I, never, it I don't
1: think I don't think I'd ever noticed that before. Shady tree fact... and his acorns. One of them is well, he had a deleted scene in this, didn't he? But hmm. I've never noticed that he actually was on screen. Put him a bit. Cut, put him on the top of a cake or whatever it was. Is that a matte painting or is that is that an actual real place? What I mean is that there's a top section to it, and I wondered if that was matted on. I don't, I don't know. know.
2: Yeah, it might be a matte painting actually.
1: It might be partially real. You get a lot of that. Think Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when they get there, like. It's expanded by a matte painting. It's matte painting. Yeah, but well, there's, it's a, not, there's a it's scene not, in um, Spy Love Me
2: painting. where it's basically a matte painting.
1: But yeah, what I'm saying is when you extend it or make it look different with the matte, a, a certain proportion of it's really there. Yeah, you
2: can kind of
1: tell. Mm-hmm. It, it's this tux. He doesn't look right in it. It's not the best fit anyway. And later when he goes up in the outside elevator, I remember looking at him there and thinking, just doesn't look like the same guy who's in Doctor No.
0: Things you, can, you can just, just by looking at it, you can
1: just sort of just smell the cigarettes, can't you? You can. Yeah, you said it's like an ashtray. That's Miss Tessmacher on the left there. Valerie Perrine. Who uh-huh. Seven years later would I be. Never knew
2: that.
1: Uh, would be in Superman the movie. I will have said it in the um, review oh, yeah, at it, the yeah, time, we'll but the, it's a few yeah, years the
2: ago. But I
1: totally um, forgot. Yeah. I don't know who Shady Tree is based on I don't know I, 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 don't, I don't know if that's meant to be a bit George Burns or what Maybe uh, Yeah I don't know What was the other one although he did music as well Victor Borger Ah
2: okay
1: Are they, are they topless there? No
2: they
1: got no. I, no, I'm just wondering because you do get toplessness in The one in white probably hide, isn't They hide it through lighting or distance And actually that looked like it genuinely was I'm only watching it on a computer monitor yeah, you just think I'm about shady. I'm looking at shady there, and I'm thinking, get a job you fucking like. <laughs> you know, what I mean? he doesn't look like he's lovely Maybe it.
2: yeah, but that's maybe that's part of his shtick. You know, he's become famous for being a miserable
1: get. You do see, but you do see behind the scenes uh, photos of this film with Connery with naked, uh, topless women, don't you, Becca? Well, it is Vegas, I, I, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean they are topless on the set. It's just they're not topless in the shot.
3: No.
1: I recognise that guy. Just walked past him. Uh-huh. Don't know what I'd seen him in before.
0: Yeah, shady tree. I've not changed my hat in forty years. That's that's kind yeah, of true that's for what, a lot yeah. of, uh... that's
2: the same old stick.
1: I don't suppose you need to if it's all tourism.
2: Or you're playing to different crowds every night.
0: Mm. And there's the most memorable Bond girl name, even though she's bad. <laughs> she did.
1: She did do. She did do like a series of photos in Playboy around this time as well. She did do a sort of a Playboy sort of centrefold type thing. I mean,
0: she looks better than uh, Tiffany Case.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the rest of her career was like. Obviously, her sister was more famous Mm. than she was.
2: Yeah, quite quite an interesting family. She
0: was one He died mysteriously, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, she was married to Robert Wagner. Um, Who else was on that boat? Uh, There was another famous actor on that boat. Because there's been, I'm not going to repeat them here. There's been salacious rumours about what might have been going on, um, and I'm not going to repeat them because it's not fair to Robert Wagner. But um, there was another actor on board. De- death of Natalie. Wasn't, wasn't
2: there? A, wasn't there like a, a film sort of made about it, or kind of based on that kind of?
1: Mm. I, I, don't d- I don't know. There will I have been. I don't know. I've... Uh. She does look a bit like her sister there's no doubt but she's she's not quite as buxom and she just looks a little bit older or more mature somehow I, I know that sounds silly cuz <laughs> what age am I looking at but you, I just mean in general she did she just had a more worldly air to her uh who else was Christopher Walken was on the boat mm. that, that was it
0: oh wow yeah cause I know they were film they're doing a film um together weren't they at the time
1: yeah um, and, and somebody it got reopened because there was rumours of, of Wood and Wagner arguing and all the rest of it but there is a leap from argument to killed so let, let's let not you know things happen no. so I, I'm certainly not going to speculate but um, you, it's all online if you want to read it but yeah Pl- Plenty O'Toole is um quite memorable as a bongo, girl but a lot of it is just frankly the joke and her massive breasts let's be honest um the scene where he starts to disrobe her in the um, dressing room uh, cha- uh, bedroom just before that's quickly cut away, that does remind me of Ross with Terry Hatcher <clears throat> You're a terrific guy! I mean, I don't know what she's like <laughs> in anything else, but it's not a great acting performance here, is it?
2: Mm, it's a memorable role, and she, like, you know, she's got a memorable name, so... Yeah. Well,
0: I have to uh, say it's a memorable name, really, you kind of forget about you just, yeah. you just remember the name, the boobs.
1: Yeah, she was <laughs> a lot young. She's a, quite a lot younger than Natalie Wood, about eight years, in it it? Mm-hmm. Um, and Natalie Wood died in died in the early eighties, I think, eighty one something like that. Um, I just had it open where it was, but I didn't take notice of the date. I was literally looking for what actor it is. It was that was on board. Yeah, it was Christopher Walken.
3: Um,
0: so maybe Chris might have all the answers.
2: Or mm-hmm. or
1: Don't know. I, I think without pressing it any further, the only thing I would say is one of the rumours you read is just not it's not corroborated by mm. anything else you ever read about any of the people involved, and, and in the years that followed. And I think that's all I'll say. But um, yeah, they throw her out there. I didn't know there was a pool down there. I mean, the acting <laughs> performances in this are really weird. They, they. I tell you what, they remind me of. They remind me of the bad guys in Hong Kong Fui episodes. Oh yeah, they yeah. are a little bit like that, the gangsters.
2: I say it was one of the Wolverine movies, and it has the same line. I didn't. It, there was a pool down there, and it's like, oh, a diamonds are forever reference.
1: Yeah, that would have been deliberate as well, wouldn't it? It
2: would have been definitely.
0: Oh, yeah, that's blush. I've won them sick egg as well. Yep, legendary. It's
1: the guy shutting the door. Yeah. He aged dramatically and well at the same time. If, if in that He looks, he does look decades older in Jackie Brown, but he still looked pretty well. Some people just say, you know, you do age when you lose your hair and stuff, but you still can look He still good. looks cool. Yeah. It's mm. just everything about this, the colour palette. I mean, it's just horrible.
2: It's all over the place, really,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Some I think that's that kind of what makes of it's it... Time...
2: Really, it kind of gives it its charm, I guess, and kind of makes it very much a gem of the
1: early 70s. But people say this is a Roger Moore film ahead of its time. Well, Sean isn't playing it like most of Roger's run, to be fair, although Roger was a little bit brutal in The Man with the Golden Gun. It's more like The Man with the Golden Gun than it is like *Living Let Die. Yeah, that's true. Live, Live, and that Live and Let Die is a significantly brighter film than this, whereas Man, Man with the Golden Gun is a bit drab, and it's the one film where Roger really does try to play brutal. Um, you can talk about him kicking lock. I know there are isolated examples, but... He, you know he's quite nasty to Goodnight and things like that. This the, the man with the golden gun is the logical follow-on of this. Not Living Let Die. See, he's not fat there. There's no real fat on him, but he's mm. just he's just not in the same shape. I don't know if that's because casting him was a little later or whatever, but he's. But she's actually using him as an ashtray. Yeah. That
0: is yeah. that is probably like you know.
1: Do you smoke after six? I don't know. I never looked.
0: <laughs> well,
1: that's, it's just, you, that's just you in a nutshell, James. I, I, I don't think they have any... Yeah. <laughs> Help, me in a nutshell. Um, I, I just don't ever read any chemistry between them. And for some reason, they've read immediately written her straight into, like, money-grabbing and in it for herself. And it's like, okay, if you don't want the women in Bond to be absolutely simpering idiots, that's one thing. But actually, A, she does become a simpering idiot later in the film. And B, you've still got to, like, sell me some attraction in chemistry. At the moment, this film is playing like she's just keeping him sweet. Hmm. And he looks bored. Look at him. He's like, yeah. I'll let us go to sleep for fuck's sake. Yeah, he's not really interested. I've had you. It's funny, but that's the first time I've ever got it. People say he looks bored in this film, and it's like, actually, he does there.
0: Well, I think I don't think his heart's not in it. Though. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, he left. Mm-hmm. He's, only, he's only come back for the paycheck, and maybe for a bit of, well, I told you so.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I would say he kind of has more fun when he doesn't ever see Never Again.
1: I mean, he's a toxic environment. I mean, when he was shooting... He only lived twice. He demanded Saltzman stay off the set. And it, when Saltzman did turn up, he literally just stopped acting. Just absolutely toxic environment.
2: Yeah, it's not ideal, is it?
1: And Roger Moore was a good friend with it, of his, but even Roger Moore would say, you know, he holds a grudge. Mm. You know, he would never let anything go. And he did say something, Roger, I don't want to misquote Roger, because he's not here to defend himself, but in a nicer way than I can possibly word it, Roger said something like about money meaning quite a lot to him as well. So, yeah. I, I always just always got the... Imp- There's lots of directors out there who will say what a great time they have with uh, Sean Connery, and people like Ursula randress who were like lifelong friends of his, have said what a loyal, wonderful man he is. But then there's stories of him bullying directors, being quite nasty to journalists. And then you see him around this era and you think, I'm not sure you're a very nice man. Certainly not around this time.
2: It depends kind of who you read, doesn't it? It depends does depend
1: who you talk to. Okay,
2: I think that's how it goes.
0: I think think it always seems to be like uh, quite a few actors tend to have like a period where where they were dicks or came across that way, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. um,
1: he he got, come out the other side. In, from the mid-60s on he got quite entitled for a while mm. now his sort of second peak in the 80s and 90s followed a lot of films that didn't do a lot, some of them were very good but they didn't do a lot of the box office so maybe he just got a bit more humble I don't know.
0: But he, uh, he strikes but, me as, a, as I mean, a guy like, oh look at that shirt Bloody I hell. know, I know. <gasps> That's a shirt, oh my gosh. god! I mean that just clashes with ev- everything. Everything, <laughs> yeah Um, all the colours I mm. mean, yeah. Anyway um, he
2: He's, he's, he's a type Chris's Fashion of... Corner, look at
0: that shirt. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that I mean that could, that could go in Chris's Fruity Corner as well, that shirt. That I could. That could, actually. Anyway,
1: <laughs> sorry, Chris, yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, Sean uh, Connery type, types his, uh, strikes me as the type of guy who you, you wouldn't want to, he, he commands a lot of respect, but at the same time, you wouldn't want to cross
1: him. I think that's it. I mean, it, uh, what I always read was that if he if he thought the director knew what they were doing and was well organized and professional and on time and everything you want from a director he was good as gold collaborative helpful friendly um, very generous um, as a sort of passive presence in a scene as well as there are multiple stories of him turning up for somebody else's shot and sitting off camera to like help them and stuff so he's certainly not all bad but then you read stories about how he fell out with Stephen Norrington and others, that's just the one I can think of and I think, Christ, if he thought you were a dick, he was a tyrant Um, and I don't know the truth about what happened with him Broccoli and Saltzman and I don't think their hands are completely clean in it and we also know that Saltzman was quite a fiery character but my god, that was a grudge he never let go, you know, he appeared on Johnny Carson in 1983 to promote um never say never again, and he was all he was still making digs at cubby broccoli, and it 's just like it's like you fell out with them the better part of two decades ago, buddy, and you 're now rich beyond all recognition so mixed bag i 'll still be very upset when he passes um but there's no doubt that superficially at least Roger Moore always came off as a much mm-hmm. nicer man. He's Uh, not a better James Bond, but he's a nicer man.
0: I I heard a story apparently when he's doing The Rock with Michael Bay, and Michael Bay was like, during during shooting, had like sort of meet with the producers, sort of like you know, like you know, producer control and whatnot. Um, And Sean Connery just sort of like, sort of said, "Eh, I'll come with you. And just so randomly, sort of rocked. Sean Connery just rocked up and just sort of said, Oh, what a great job, uh, Michael Michael's doing on set, and just sort of like, it's completely just ended it. He got kind of thought sort of let michael bay have his way just by showing up with him which yeah. is
1: kind of we first think, which kind of adds to like what you said really it depends on it, well it's it, yeah he's quite a marmite character and it's about his perceptions of you and it's about if he perceives you've ever wronged him mm-hmm. um michael Caine was very and, good and he was always with...
0: punctual as well here it, like he, he, he like when he shows up for anything he's
1: like on the dot yeah, he's always on the dot <laughs> he's like yeah, literally I mean, bang on time, like ironically when we're talking about how this film don't turn up out of shape and things like that mm. um, <laughs> I'm not having a dig there because most of his career is extremely professional but uh, I mean Michael Caine was friends with both of them Roger Moore and Sean Connery and speaks really highly of them but I think they both accept Seany Sean do you know what I mean mm. he'll fall out with people and never ever will they make it up but if he's your friend he's your friend I mean Ursula Rand just just speaks in glowing terms of him so he, he's certainly a, a much more divisive, strong character than sort of a Roger Moore who just charmed everybody. Oh, the scene
2: is a bit.
1: I don't think Roger Moore ever fell out with a director or an actor. Nah. Well, Grace Jones is the only one he refuses. To yeah, talk. I was going to say. But then, debate debate. But then it
2: was this. the eighties.
1: Well, all right, we're turning a black woman into a gorilla here. This is <laughs> yeah, a this is a bit.
2: Just, you, we'll just glance you, past it. You,
0: you couldn't do this today, really, could you? You couldn't
2: do this. No, you really couldn't do it today.
0: Oh my gosh. And for good reasons. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. very good valid reasons. Yeah, this would not fly today. No. Dear idea oh This is one of those things, isn't it, you know, It's very much all the time. I,
0: I just, I'm thinking last film they gave but a warning of
2: a right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if this is one of those films that should carry a warning now. Like
1: i've got no problem with any of that as long as you still show it really i mean no, this is it i don't mind them bleeping or, or removing the old word or scene. i mean if diamonds are forever existed without with something slightly re-edited in that so you didn't see that but everyone had to run i don't know if it was possible fine it's all very well saying oh for goodness sake pc police and i, I tend to agree in the i mean there's a warning in front of certain certain only foals and horses episodes now, and I think, well, okay, but don't delete it. It's it's no, it's, it's part of
2: the history, part it, of the heritage, it, and, and it, also it, it, it raises discussion.
1: Not, it raises discussion, but not only that. It, it wasn't willfully hateful. It just
2: Well no, exactly. It's it's, 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 it's comedy. Had, it, it's it of its attitude. time. Yeah, it was. It wasn't malicious. It was of
1: its time. I mean, it it there were exactly cu- there were a couple of scenes where, like, Del Boy for a moment thinks Rodney's gay. And it's like, there's never been anything like that in our family and, mm. you know, you've got to watch your old deaf and dumb and things like that. That um, was just
2: the comedy of the time. That was just the yeah, so. of the time and the show's reflecting that. So
1: it's very I mean, it doesn't dis- make it
2: right or wrong, think, but there it is, you know.
1: Uh, it makes it wrong by modern standards. I, do, I don't know what you do about that because Song of the South is not on Disney+, and it shouldn't be either. So where do you draw no. from? See, this this bit really doesn't sort of... Doesn't, no, this is a bit... Because, well you know, they lost her and then in the next scene she turns right up and it's like well big fucking deal then you knew exactly where she was going he's a pig to her he slaps her in a minute as well if he hasn't already cause I, wasn't I, 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 I
0: think he's just casually there well, like she's got like that, that's a, 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 an, innocent, an innocent girl is just like lying in the pool he's just like yeah she's dead one of it
1: Yeah, it, it's just like the man don't care there's continuity error as well in that he picks his jacket up and then it's on within a split second that that's not right and then he slaps her and it's like we're pushing past the era that should be happening Mm. and it's it's emblematic of like a film where they've just mischaracterized James Bond James Bond's not a nice man but this is a mass this is massive this is entertainment for the masses and this version of Bond is just not likable in any way shape or form he's just a fucking pig and he doesn't care about anybody
2: maybe they thought obviously oh, so we're going to reboot in a, reboot in a few years with, with Sir Roger. maybe that's kind of why they kind of pushed They didn't know. Uh, I,
1: I don't think they knew what they were doing at this point no because Roger Moore was making the persuaders around this time they, he was they busy just, getting on that diet they just got Roger Moore they, just got sh- I they, got sh- they got Sean back in and just stopped the bleeding didn't, I th- I've got a feeling Roger just drove an Aston Martin in the persuaders didn't he
0: Oh, I don't
1: know. He might have
0: done it, shouldn't he? Yeah. I've not seen an episode of Persuaders.
1: So, somebody was saying the other day on one of these threads, oh, did he ever drive an Aston Martin? And pe- people responded with, some people responded with no. I responded with no, but he did in the Cannibal Run. Someone else said, what about the Saint? And they said, no, he drove this in the Saint. I forget what it was. I, remember, I can picture the car, but I can't remember what it was. And then I thought, but he did drive an Aston Martin somewhere. Was it the Persuaders? Um, not not a Bond, Aston Martin, a different one. Yeah,
0: I think... For that... White House. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Jimmy Dean, who plays Willard White, is quite famous in America, isn't it? What well, He's famous for a food. Is it? Is it beans or sausages or something like that?
2: Oh, right, really?
1: Jimmy Dean, I think so. I don't know that. Hang a minute, I'll
2: look him up. Oh, according to... Good old Wikipedia. Yellow Aston Martin DBS. Roger Moore drove in the nineteen seventies hit action show,
1: The Persuaders. There you go. Okay, Jimmy Dean. Uh, he lived till he was eighty-one. Died in two thousand and ten. So he's what fifty? No, he's not. He's forty-two roughly during the filming of this. Forty-three. Um, he was. He founded the Jimmy Dean Sausage Company. Okay. Um, it's now it was uh, acquired in 1984 by Consolidated Food, which was later renamed the Sarah Lee Corporation. We know Sarah Lee in this country from like cakes and mm. stuff. Mm. Jimmy Dean Sausage Company, oh,
0: might never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Had a, fun fact a sausage brand of breakfast fun sausage.
1: Breakfast. Yeah, sneakage. Yeah, and that was a couple of years before this film. Although he was a singer in that as well, but then I suppose Paul Newman was known for like a a, a ketchup or sauce or something, wasn't he? Yes, and Al DiCatti. Nigel Mansell won his. When it, Nigel Mansell was the Formula One world champion, and he went, because of contractual disputes, he ended up not defending his title, and he went over to race in an IndyCar, and he won the title in his debut season, and he won it for Newman Haas, and that was Paul Newman. And it was a different Haas than runs the Haas Formula One. It was Carl Haas, not Gene Haas.
0: Salad dressing, that's it. Salad, salad dressing. Salad I knew dressing, salad.
1: Paul Newman. I knew, I knew it was some sort of.
0: Yeah, it was Paul Newman, yeah.
1: Mm.
0: It's, it's weird how these, like, Sometimes I have, to have like these random little things.
2: Celebrity endorsements. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Patricia Routledge's finest creosote.
2: <laughs> that would be so unlikely, wouldn't it? <laughs> Something quite niche, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. quite specific.
0: There it is. I mean, it's everyone.
1: Day, Ever... Day it's em... Woodhouse's Urban Outfitters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's everyone in this film looks like they're pretty much over sixty. I don't know what it is about the aging process. I'm older than Sean Connery here, and apart from age line, if, judging by skin and stuff, I look younger than him. You
2: probably look a bit better.
1: Um, well, I'm not in better shape at the moment, although I'm getting.
2: In but then shape. they are um, they are, they
1: are in the sun quite a lot, so. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know it just looks tired doesn't it i mean i'm not particularly ageist i don't mind plus it might be like a, a very high
2: def version so you can see every line every wrinkle
1: you keep saying this but 35 millimeter film was higher definition than blu-rays hmm so anything we're watching at home is not as good until 4k comes out and i don't think 4k is quite the same as 35 either no so no i wouldn't say that's likely to be the case
2: off topic dave i sent you a link to the 4k release of some classic hitchcock movies i think it's due to be released in america soon hopefully they'll be did, a 4K
1: uh, yeah. i really hope
2: they they look good even though i don't have a 4k player unfortunately well but i really hope they look good
1: the thing is i've got the 14 film masterpiece collection on blu-ray
3: mm, yeah, no, yeah. i'm keeping
1: that because we Similar. are still talking about doing hitchcock at some point and and it will be based on the masterpiece collection because how east how else do you decide we are, basically, we'll let Becca choose some of the British ones because Chris is not that knowledgeable on Hitchcock and I'm only knowledgeable on the American era. You will be. Um, and then you've got like the Masterpiece Collection to which you would almost certainly add North by Northwest Ooh. It's Klaus Sergishimer. Uh, the, the Masterpiece Collection has 14 films in it from the American era. So you base it around... Well, I say from the American era. It's got Frenzy in there as well, obviously. But... Um, but you would add North by Northwest to that without question. So that's like 15 films. And then you think, well, pick a handful of British ones and that's your series.
2: Yeah, we'll just have to go through the list, won't we, and just kind of pick which we'll ones we going to we're gonna we'll do.
1: Have, we'll have to figure it off. We, we'd be going forever if we tried to do all Hitchcock. But there's got to be some logic to, like, what you do do.
3: Yeah.
1: I don't see the point in just doing, like, well, we'll do Hitchcock, but we'll just do, like, rear window vertical and frenzy you'd be like what? Mm, I, no. well, that, there'll that, be a through that line there has to be a through line
2: anyway there's a, a casual mention there to Ed Bishop as I've obviously known from many other Bond films and several other Jerry Anderson TV shows
1: I've, I recognise him um, I thought I saw Shane Rumour as well but
2: no you might be able to hear his voice so I'm uh... working trying to work my way through the classic Doctor Who episodes from the 60s and so far, yeah, there's been a big Anderson crossover. Obviously, as it as it was, you know, I'm TV back in the day.
1: What's Klaus Hohenschroemer so, called? The actor?
2: Uh, Ed Bishop, otherwise known as Ed Striker from UFO.
1: I've, I've got him. And he's been in. He didn't die. At a great oh, he was in Star Trek. That's why I recognize. Yeah,
2: him. he's in Trek.
1: Using I I all the line. things. I mean, obviously, I've seen this film multiple times. As well. Bizarre, not incongruously, because he's American. He died age seventy-two in Kingston upon Thames. Oh. And he was in the Demon Headmaster. He must have like. He was relocated here.
2: He did, yeah. Well, he's usually popular over here, wasn't he? I mean, there was kind of, especially sort of like in the sixties and seventies. He was so in far. an episode
1: yeah. of Two Point Four Children. He was in yep. French and Saunders. <laughs>
2: I think back in the sort of mid nineties, early two thousands as well. There was, a, um, there was a panel show, sci fi kind of panel show as well, and he appeared on that a few times, I think. What was his chance? Chance?er
1: Chancer, that's Chance's. isn't Chancer Clive I nearly said Clive Warren. Clive Owen Who's- Clive Warren is Who's that? Yeah, um- No, that was um uh, that was uh Carl Pilkington's film <laughs> idea. Yeah, I was just if that name mix-up. sounded familiar, Who the fuck's Clive up? Warren? Yeah. I know who that is. We're Rebecca Demore. <laughs> yeah, the love of two brains go look it up, folks, things. Carl Pilkington's film idea, it's fucking brilliant he did two of them, the second one he did was like a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible type thing, where he's taken over by a guy called Brian who's best known for Panto
3: <laughs> fucking
1: mentalist he is <sighs> I thought he was in Trek maybe yes, no he was in the animated Star Trek okay <sighs> uh absolutely brilliant he he was uh, because he was becoming famous on like these podcasts with Ricky Gervais and stuff like film companies started talking to him just to find out what ideas he had and he decided to just talk because if you just talk your brain comes up with stuff and he came up with this idea of a film starring Clive Warren and Rebecca De Mornay. And uh, Steve Merchant pointed out to him, he said, this is your fantasy casting and you've gone with a guy who doesn't exist and a woman who hasn't been in a film for 10 years. (laughs) Get me Clive Warren.
0: And Edward Snowden. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant it goes on for ages and they're laughing their ass off one of the funniest things I ever because they used to have monkey news as well and my favourite ever monkey news was the one about the Russian chat show where, 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 where the monkeys interviewing share. it's absolutely brilliant this is some top action isn't it yeah. don't put Bond in a vehicle that looks comedic the the only thing I will say is that that car going off and falling apart there is actually probably more in line with what would happen than the jumps in the series we've just seen. Like, know, the, the, the bottom of the
0: car just fucking falls out when you do stuff like that. Because there's, there's no way those cars won't catch up to it. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's bobbing along.
1: Yeah, he's, he's bobbing along in a prop. Let's not get too excited.
0: Where, where they're presumably sort of filming the fake
1: moon landing or whatever. I don't even know what that's meant to be, but again, it's one of those a bit like a view to a kill. His business portfolio is so varied. You know, it's like they're doing everything there. I mean, it's supposed to be a throwaway joke, I suppose, because, like, the moon landing happened, folks, for fuck's sake.
0: God, how many fucking people go in that car? Jesus Christ.
1: That's, I don't know. This is not particularly thrilling. It's just—I'm sure there are areas of outstanding beauty in Nevada, but it's frequently shot but quite desolate and desert because obviously it is in a desert. And mm. uh, you—you don't—you rarely see the best of it on screen. And this is a, a prime example, and it, it really is upsetting. When Majesties was really, really pretty, and Living—I wouldn't say Living Let Die is pretty, but it's a visually striking film. Mm.
2: There was a big uptick, isn't there, between this and that film, even though it was a few years on. Well, unless, yeah, literally a couple of years on, there was a big mm. yeah. spike in quality.
1: Yeah, and there wasn't a big jump in budget either. I mean, the big jump in budget doesn't really come until um, Spy. No, so... that was a
2: notably massive jump
0: in
1: budget. Yeah, like, yeah. They sort of doubled it.
0: Yeah. It is a shame, you sort of, you know... Went sort of well, shat the bed really after Majesty's... Sees. I mean, the, I mean yeah. part of the problem has to part of the blame has to has to sort of fall lazy though with how he treated it, really. But, um, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, I mean,
1: Diana Rigg always says you know, he was the author of his own downfall
0: hmm.
1: or misfortune. I forget the exact quote, I've heard her say it in the last few days, um, off a recorded interview she did a few years ago.
0: Because, didn't he leave the role? Just as the film come out, or... or he left like
1: before it was released.
0: See, I think that just sends signals to people, sort of, why... Well, bother. it's
1: coming out at Christmas. It doesn't have a happy-go-lucky ending. It's an unusual Bond film in structure anyway. It's got not Sean Connery in it. The guy's already quit, which means, does this film even count? Because mm-hmm. we're not used to multiple different men playing James Bond at this point. And then he turns up to the premiere, which is an advert for your film, because... By definition, no one has seen it at that point. People like Daniel Craig get interviewed on the red carpet and he turned up looking like a fucking hippie. And (laughs) that is not an insult to people who look like that because in life, I've got no... Why would I give a shit? You know, it looks fine. But all all they wanted him to do was turn up as looking like James Bond. And he refused. And he'd quit. And I think that film's a tough sell because it's got a downbeat ending. It was very long for its time. It was the longest Bond film for decades. Um, And I know, you know, in the decades that had gone before it, there were longer films, but that was pre-TV. And that was in an era where you had intermissions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. By the late 60s, you've got mass TV take-up in most of the developed world. Even places like the UK that were smashed after the war, and I just think, yeah, th- there's a lot about, there's a lot in the failure of Majesties, and failure is in inverted commas anyway. But when people say that's nonsense, it wasn't a failure. All Bond films make a profit, and it's like, well, define failure. Yes, I think it. I think you can say it was a failure because Thunderball did 141 million. Four years later, a film is taking about 80. 79 something like that in in relative terms that's a failure i'm sorry it is it may be profitable but it's a failure it's the same with license to kill license to kill's may still made a decent profit well sorry failure is is relative to what you're expecting
0: yeah because it's also showed like trends like oh shit is going to go downhill
1: with you know Next time it might not make a profit. Do you know what I mean? It could be exactly. And you know, it's like with J- Justice League wasn't a failure. It did over six hundred million. It's like, yeah, well, what were you expecting it to do? The de- Avengers, you know, the, well, exactly. the, Aven- the Avengers film from around that area was doing a couple of billions. So yes, it's a failure. Yeah,
2: you know, when you look at it in these sort of terms, yes, it does seem like it's a failure.
1: You know, some um, films would it guess. might still
2: be it might be like a critical critical panning, but it still might make. Yeah. Billions at the box
1: office. Some films would kill to do 400 odd million. Solo doing that exactly. was a failure It was a failure. You know, it it is dependent on budget. It's dependent on expectations. All the Bond films have been profitable. They have clearly profitable. Um, but you know, if you look at the films around it, it it's an outlier. Yeah. It's like it, it was the lowest grossing film for many many years, and nothing ever grossed that low again. In adjusted terms, maybe, but yeah. But this section of the film, like all that sort of lighting and neon, just, that looks really cheap and nasty, mm. doesn't it? That golden nugget there. Yeah, it
3: that does would, look a that, bit... would,
1: that would not look out of place in like Blackpool or like Skegness or something. <laughs> it does just, it just look just cheap and tacky. I
2: hate this stunt. I think probably back um,
1: in the day it he did says look fantastic. lean very over, but he doesn't say which way. No. She could, she could lean the other way and it just falls straight. Like... And this this shot is like. Pete Guy Hamilton. When I must
2: say, if you go to Bond in... Obviously, you can't go at the moment, but if you go to Bond Motion, they put this, they, shot this here. car... Yeah, this one. You think, what?
1: It's, it's What are you doing? Her face looks ridiculous. It's the worst acting in the film till we get to... E <laughs>
2: <laughs> That stunt's a bit difficult anyway to pull off. That looks yeah. very cool. If you go to you go and see this car at Bond in, in and Motion, and itself, the lights it, being
1: it. it looks very cool. In and of itself, it might be a half-impressive stunt, but they just <laughs> ruined it for the sake of a continuity error that half the people in the cinema wouldn't have noticed and those who did those who did notice when you pointed out to people you you know the people who made it they should just go like yeah i know you got us
2: again that's what you know one of the things that you go to see bond for you got sort of you know amazing cars and amazing stunts as well so but this one is kind of a little bit like
0: basic bond stunt
1: i just think guy hamilton was quite a lazy filmmaker
0: Which is odd, because he's made one of the best
1: ones. You actually did see Nipple, then, just very, very briefly. I never counted counted this in the series Nip Slips, but now I will. That can't be comfortable, that whatever they were lying on before. Uh, It looked like a life-size ashtray they were laying on. (laughs) Have got a big one? That guy looks like he should be a desk sergeant or something. Probably. Mm. Or like, you know the naked gun? He should be, like, out. <laughs> or red or whichever he was called. The part the one that was played by George Kennedy in the film and I can't remember the it, name it it of He it. actually does it, like it, an astro. It, it, it is. It, yeah. It's such an ugly film. But some of that is the era, some of it is the colour palette of the seventies was mm. generally horrible. Yeah, it's just looked, very garish. That looks awful. And even the door there is like the best design of door they can think of there's just nothing to it and actually, I would imagine in in that suite in Las Vegas would be extortionate. Look, look at the fucking size of it yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to sleep in that that does not look like a bed does it It doesn't
2: look very comfortable, does it no maybe it's one of those ones where you just you quickly get in do what you need to do and then... I do
1: prefer a black tux to a white tux in general but because he's wearing black now and we've seen him largely in black tuxes through the rest of the series, this bit here where he's ascending and you get a wide shot, I just noticed how much like bigger and less fit he looks there than he was in like the earlier films. Mm -hmm. Just, just for a moment, you can barely credit it's the same man.
2: No, it's a bit tricky, I guess.
1: I mean, but we we all age. He doesn't look terrible. I mean, he was you know an attractive man till quite late in his life. But I don't know. It just it all feels a bit everyone going through the motions, and it doesn't help going to Las Vegas because you've just picked the tackiest fucking place on know tackiest. I think think you know to us looking back, it
2: does seem a bit tacky. But probably like back in the day, I don't know if it was tacky or you know, but just it would seem like glamorous. But it's it's, always known as like you know
1: as the world's playground. I don't think Bond... Would would belong in Vegas now? To be honest,
0: no. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. Um, it's not a place you'd go, really. I mean, it's, no. I
2: mean, cause, yeah, we have kind of seen it with, with like Skyfall and those sort of movies. Like, it's probably you know a floating casino in in Macau or, or China or like Russia, for example. Um, yeah, you
1: don't. Are, want a, a, you don't want to more, be samples from a bunch of blue rinses playing the slots. No. I don't.
2: know. But I say, yeah, you probably would send them to somewhere
1: you know, China or Russia. or. Yeah, this looks a lousy effect now, but when I was a kid, I remembered this. This stuck in my mind quite a lot, this sort of pitong thing. It actually looked a bit vertigo-inducing, do you know what I mean? Mm. It, it doesn't now, but when I was a kid, this actually looked quite impressive to me. I didn't dislike this film as a kid. Um, I certainly dislike it as an adult. It just feels going through the motions, doesn't it? Bond. Bond doesn't. I've never thought he was phoning it in, but I have to say, Bond doesn't look wildly interested in events, does he?
0: No. But I think it's just flex. I'd say it's flexion on the actor at the time. Mm.
1: Well, I thought he was just making a choice to play it a bit tougher and colder. Do you know what I mean? And mm. meaner, which may be true, but actually, think back to like Goldfinger. He was a lot more playful than this, wasn't he? There's no playfulness in this.
0: Well, you have that line about you know curtains matching her drapes. Well, that's... You
1: deliver it in a playful way.
0: <laughs> well, you know you got you know Charles Gray. Yeah, this is it. Well, mm, he's about to meet him, isn't he? I mean, right. it just kind of adds like a, I mean, as Becca sort of alluded to before, it does add a bit of Rocky Horror vibe to it. I don't know if you no know, Rocky Rocky Horror must come after this.
1: Rocky Horror was about seventy four, I think. Yeah. You
2: have got somebody who's kind of known for being kind of very much straight up actor, and then, you know, he's embracing a kinky side with uh, with the fishnets.
1: But I mean, this, this, a this... of,
2: like, of like Nicholas Parsons, I guess. Obviously, oh, I was going to say for Nic- all kinds of roles. So
1: mm-hmm. people like Nicholas Parsons did it on stage and stuff like that. Having said that, Clive Mantle did it as well. So it's it's not always um. Some... Oh. <laughs> there's some toilet loo role there, which is you know. Yes, the
0: Bond, which is like, embalming, really. And uh, yeah, it's just like, I,
1: yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, what, why is that there? Does that means like he actually shits on that chair
1: as well. What and what? It's it's in case well, you. Want, it's in case you want to watch yourself having a shit. You're sitting in the
0: right chair.
1: And it's not even a hundred percent clear that's a toilet. Yeah. With the, yeah. Oh yes, yes it is. You can see the hole underneath. I just—I don't know what they were thinking. Was Ken Adam on this film? Because it doesn't feel very Ken Adam.
2: Yeah, he did production design, but it doesn't have that same sort of. Ken feeling. Adam
1: did Ken. Ken Adam did not do as many Bond films as we think.
2: No. Ken
1: Adam. Mm. Just look it up. Because this doesn't. That feel... looks a bit Ken Adam-y. I think Ken Adam died the day we recorded with Mark O'Connell from the. You know? He definitely recorded on the day of. He died on the day of a, a recording. Pardon me. Yeah, he did do Diamonds Off Forever. I, I mean, I didn't disbelieve Becker. I just almost had to see it for my own eyes because it must be the ugliest film he ever made.
2: You can see it a lot in kind of the circular and sort of geometric designs as well. The, cl-
1: the, cl- the clue is always those stairwells and the ceiling.
2: Yeah, and the ceiling. Yeah. Good evening.
1: If you want a shorthand to what a Ken Adam set looks like, the two things to look at would Dr. be no. Dr. No, the small room where um, he picks up the tarantula. Um, anything with a stairwell. I would say, uh, yeah, um, Dr. No's lair, Dr. No's, uh, I would say, Spy Love Me, Stromberg. That's all very Ken Adam. And of course he did the war room in Dr. Strangelove as well. I was going to say... I don't like Charles Gray in this film. He probably suits the film most of any other bloke. I've kind of films.
2: gone up and down. First of all, I thought it was hilarious and I thought oh, it was awful, but
1: now I'm you kind talk- of like, yes, if, talk- if it's the tone of this you, film. You you talked him up in review.
0: You you wouldn't. I did. You wouldn't, like, if, like, um, Tim Tim um, Curry from, you know, Rocky Horror showed <laughs> up, it, it wouldn't be that out of place, really, now, would it? <laughs> It'd
2: be vamp, wouldn't it? It'd be vampalicious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's the right Blofeld for this film in the one regard, in that Donald Pleasant sat here having this conversation would be really odd, particularly if he was styled the same way as his Blofeld had been in his film. Telly Savalas is absolutely no nonsense, so it would have a very different vibe. But the fact that he suits this film is actually just a reflection. Well, the film's crap. It's not not really a compliment. Mm.
2: So, having somebody like um, yeah Telly Savalas' interpretation of the character, that would be really. I think it would be out, out of tone, out of sync with the rest of the film, I think. But I think, yeah, Charles Goff film is just. It's, I can't
1: imagine Telly Savalas in a dress. No. <laughs> just, for br- just, for, just for British listeners, I saw today that Knives Out is on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. from the end of July.
2: If you haven't seen that film, it's I there to buy. It check it out.
1: It's there to buy or rent so now, good. but it will come under people's Prime membership from the last day of July, I believe.
2: Just when I finish my Prime trial. <sighs> but it's all right.
0: Are you finishing yeah. it?
2: No, I just, I, just, I just did like a, a week's trial, so...
0: Yeah, <laughs> <No>, fair enough. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, I do like that. I like, I like the kind of like having a go. Kind of which one's Which which ones are right Bofeld? Mm, which pussy?
1: Well, by by definition of where we are in the film whichever one he chooses will be the wrong one.
0: Mm.
1: But, you know, that's... But I, like, I, I, like,
0: I like the logic of him kicking the cat.
1: Well, he's actually got a 0% chance in the logic of films, but yes, in the way the film is unfolding yes, that's a 50-50 shot and he just happens to have got it wrong. Um... Yeah, the design inside that lift that is so 70s it hurts.
0: (laughs) Go on, Double Seven, it's not like I'm going to kill you or anything.
1: (sighs) (laughs) I don't even really know what Blofeld wants in this film. I know it's to do with diamonds and that fucking thing. but Or put it this way, for most of the film... I, I either don't know what he wants or I've got no interest and when it's revealed near the end it's like, you know, uh, whatever. Thing is, there's I, I no... I miss that no... trope.
0: Of getting in what? the lift and being like, oh, oh is there a trapdoor? Yeah.
1: He's going down to the wanking deck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why it's got the WW on it.
1: The wanking
2: room,
1: or perhaps that's that's where you go to wank off the forty-third president of the United (laughs) States.
2: Or if you want to do it in the, the, you know, in the confines of some amniotic fluid.
1: Anyway, he's knocked out a few times in this film, isn't he? Yeah, he's not very effective at all. It's one of those
2: films I, where, like Bond, doesn't do a lot. Well, he does right. a lot, but he just doesn't. Like in Goldfinger, we, for example, we, he spends most of it behind bars. So, like, yeah, oh.
1: We we want a nice, cool car for our villains. How about getting one in shit brown? <laughs> Good brown. It's it's like in the Man with a Golden Gun. You know, it's like well, it's a car that turns into a plane. You think awesome. That's going to be really cool. And you see it. And it's it's Blue brown oh someone's trapped a couple of fucking wings I just, on the I just, triad like, sort of a trendy
2: sort of color in the early 70s i don't know because if, if you look at um like majesties for example i mean that's a really colorful film mm.
1: um
2: but again and you've, you've got, got a lot of lot oranges a lot of browns a lot of sort of caramel yeah, tones you can
1: feel the 70s coming in, it's still, in. i mean it's look, just, you know his car matches his it's, suit it's still got that once upon a time in hollywood vibe it's just the right side of 1970s you know what i mean yeah not I mean, that it's fashion like has all a, changed.
2: You know, trendy, trendy colour.
1: Yeah, not that all the fashions changed on the first of January nineteen seventy, of course. But you no, know. all of a sudden
2: we're going purple. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: We sort of look at sort of various fashion houses and sort of colour houses as well. They're sort of planning the colours.
1: I mean, just fucking many years if, of the God,
0: Do you want they, See, they should just
1: be like laughing manically. Really good. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like again, where can we go for another cool set? And they've just gone the ugliest fucking place. I mean, building sites and that are not physically attractive places. I don't
0: know. And again, it's like not. Yeah, I know it's like cliche now, but like. Yeah. I know. Let, 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 let's, let's lock him unconscious and assume everything goes to plan. Like, I, like, like, like he's not going to
1: wake up. Like I understand you've got to do a flavour of that, but this is utterly ludicrous when you, immediate, when you poisoned the guy in, the first, in your first appearance in the film. <laughs> and now it's like, let's just lay him down here. <laughs> and he's not exactly well hidden, is he? I mean, I know no. in the normal run of things he'd actually be spotted. It's just like, no, that's all right. I mean, obviously, he is buried there, but they they sorted that out all very quickly, didn't they, as well? Mm. Whatever it is they're fucking building there, that all got put together really quickly.
0: I, well, I'll say, well, okay, so everything has gone to plan, but yeah. it's, you kind of, Bust it's just it.
1: not, it's, <laughs> but it's not thrilling, is it? Because earlier on, where he was in the coffin and the smoke starts coming through, I remember at least as a kid thinking, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? Mm. There's none of that here. He, he's like, he's quite relaxed, and it's like, oh, I'll sit round here till I think of a way out. Um, all right, you know, there, there's no feeling of peril, is
0: No, I mean, like you know, the they've they've worked, like the like the the plans worked, but yet it's kind of so what. Now he's in a tunnel.
3: Yeah,
0: and I don't know what this thing is.
1: I don't know. It smells a rat. I don't, I don't know if it's... Uh, I, it could be welding it or something. They've put all the places, bits in place, but it doesn't... Yes, I think it is.
2: Yeah, somebody are around sort of cleaning the tubes, welding or the tubes. Welding,
1: I don't know. But to be honest, it, it doesn't really What was that,
2: you know, that device um, in Living Daylights or it's a pig or something? Pigs? Borscht? Cake? Um, or, again, in the world, it's not enough where they go... Meow. They had. They're literally bonded. That was
1: and transport. That was yeah. Transport. That was like so transport. That, that was because it had seats on it. That was to get to certain parts of the okay. pipeline quickly. Or 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 at least it was a diagnostic thing that would I you know, it was something Drain like and clean the tube. It was to do. I don't think it's cleaning it because bear no. in mind crude oil would be going through. No, it does so You don't. You don't need Mister no, Sheep really going not, behind no. with a little feather duster. <laughs> All right, yes, oh, fetching pink tie. Oh, excuse me. And why is it done up so like? Basically, he's the anti-Trump. Trump wears it down to just under his testicles, <laughs> and Sean's is barely beyond his fucking nipples. What's going on here? <laughs> I saw, like, fourteen-year-olds at school that, would do
0: that. That's a proper kip tie. Oh, yeah. No, no, the fourteen-year-olds would have like the, uh, the 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 bit that's behind it, just like really long.
2: Behind he seems it. a bit of a tie off who's got the most audacious
0: tie I don't know pink just doesn't suit
1: Pond yeah. especially when the rest of the film just looks like an ashtray but, but we're not saying because it's gay we don't mean that at all just, it's just not a very classy colour and it doesn't suit him I don't know what they're going for and again if you're going to put that tie on you do it to, mm. up to the right length because that looks really silly and I don't think it's quite consistent. It's too short in every scene, but we'll see where it when they get there in a minute. And it's slightly longer, I think. Is yes, it much? Don't know why they've hired that guy just to stand there. <laughs> we need what? Uh, we need uh, we need someone for Felix to point out. We think you're just the man.
0: <laughs> someone for Felix to boss around.
1: Wow's, yeah. So now they're going to. Coloured whites. Co- Country house, I suppose, yeah. Pretty grounds.
0: I mean, would you really hold the hostage in his own home?
1: Uh, I don't know. House arrest, probably not. And again, it's like, what are they trying to achieve here? Well, if Bond does escape and turns up, let's have two women very slowly take turns to like attack mm. him whilst doing lots of cartwheels.
0: <laughs> I'm Bambi. I'm Thumper. <laughs> very amusing.
2: They're iconic, iconic characters.
1: You really do overuse legendary and iconic.
2: <laughs> I do. But, well, they are, though. Especially Trina Parks. I don't know if she has or she will be on JBR I, yet, but I really hope that she will because she I, must have some stories to tell. I, what I, from her
0: one scene in this film? I think. Um, well,
2: definitely, well, you know, just from her time in in the industry and as, yeah, as you know, as as a dancer and also as a dance instructor as well. So.
0: I think Bond should ask Bambi like, "How's your mum?"
2: <laughs> ooh. ooh. <laughs>
0: Cracking
1: little gag there. Ooh.
0: I mean, it's of its time, but the idea of like two bodyguards of basically jump, like sort of women jumping around doing cartwheels against a trained killer—yeah, it's, yeah. Bit... it's a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can imagine that in films with you know, like the sort of films Lister likes in Red Dwarf.
3: Mm. Yeah, it? You know,
1: that. they. I mean, I remember one, what, they go to watch like Revenge of the Completely Invisible Aliens and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got, what is it? Revenge of the Surfboarding Killer Bikini Vapor. Yeah, something girls. like that, isn't it? Oh, Sean just did a watchable oof look. Yeah. He's going <laughs> on a bit. It's again, they're just taking turns. And she takes ages to get to him, and he's like, oh, I'll stand up just in time for like, it's just, it's lazy. It's not particularly well choreographed. They sort of rough him up a little
2: bit.
1: It's just, it's just the more I'm convinced, the more I see of his films. I just think, I think Guy Hamilton got really, really lucky with Goldfinger, because <laughs> everything else. I mean, I quite like Living Dead That Die, but everything, which is the next one I've got to watch. I'm watching that. Uh, I think I'm watching it tomorrow. Actually, Living Dead That Die, sense. and and our next film. I'll be watching that tomorrow as well, which we'll announce at the end. Um, but. This and The Man With The Golden Gun has so many points I remember in review looking at and going, that's really lazy. Look, there's an error there. And it, and it would be not one of these smart-ass ones. It would be one of these really obvious fucking sloppy ones. And again, he's never really in any peril here. No, no.
0: I mean, just like he's just having a bit of fun, really, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's just a bit of a play, you know, as long as you're willing to accept a little bit of pain, you know, he's just enjoying it a bit roughier. you know what I mean? It's just a crap scene. <laughs> in a crap film.
3: Mm.
1: Although, Sean's like wigs, always seem to do quite well in water. Specifically, <laughs> The guy on the right there of those two looks like Leonardo DiCaprio's ugly older brother. (laughs) See?
0: It does a little bit. That's true. And, um... Who's playing, um... Felix. uh, Felix, yeah.
1: Norman Burton. He kind of looks like Ergis Bornei's younger brother. (laughs) They could be related. I don't have a problem with this, Felix. It's, It's not one of the better ones, but it's not terrible either. Um... It's a, it's a different takes on Felix. It's like you know your sort of bureaucrat helper mate type guy. He died. He was only seventy nine when he died. Oh
2: no, it's no age. Uh, Two thousand and three.
1: He died in a car accident. Oh
2: no. Mm.
1: On the California Arizona border while returning to his home in Mexico. I'm quite sure oh why dear. he lived in Mexico, but there you go. He was in mm-hmm. Planet. Of the Apes. We're going to see him in Planet of the Apes. Yes, we'll see him again. And escape from Planet of the Apes has a different character.
2: Oh really?
1: The towering Inferno. He was in Bloodsport.
2: I've
1: not seen that film. Knight Rider. I love the episodes Murder She Wrote. Well, everyone's in Murder <laughs> She Wrote. I'm sure I've been in Murder She Wrote if I watch enough episodes.
0: <laughs> Probably. Have, Have a look, I? I, I remember. Everybody character... who was in that show. <laughs> Excuse me. Does she? Has that character like a saxbys have you seen Saxby before in this film? I can't
1: remember. Don't, I, don't, I don't think so. And again, Q's a bit. They don't really know what to do with Q in this film, so they have got him standing around
2: collecting.
1: No, but, but he's, to a, use but it. he's an honourable man, so he's not actually picking any of the money up. He's just like, does this work? Yes, it does. On to the next one. They're all winning, and he's not picking the money up.
0: Yeah, but still someone's just gonna come around and go, Ooh
1: <laughs> To be honest, as long as as soon as they work out he's got something in his hand there uh, that's it anyway. I mean any whiff of cheating in like Vegas and you 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 don't tend to you know you're blacklisted everywhere. <laughs> and then you're showing yeah. him there's cameras everywhere, you're showing her <laughs> I don't see the point of this. I mean, I suppose it was meant to be funny, him in drag.
0: I mean, you can't really imagine Telly Savalas doing it, can you? You No, but
1: the the other thing is... All right, I suppose you'd forgo a a joke, but if he's genuinely trying to get out in disguise, don't have him carrying the fucking cat.
2: No. You've
1: got plenty of people working for you.
2: It just looks ridiculous. I know. It does look a bit silly, to be honest. Actually,
1: there's not much... I mean, if he's going to wear glasses, why is he bothered with eyeliner and mustache? <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't get that one at
0: all.
1: It's just... Because that, he secretly that... likes it. Because he likes just com- it.
0: Just as... comedic effect, yes, I think. So.
3: It,
1: through the prism of the seventies, what he's wearing now doesn't not suit him looks okay now the sort of roll neck jumper under a jacket looks very seventies, mm. but it's okay
0: yeah Jimmy Dean does actually is very memorable though isn't he
1: yeah he is i think I think um I can't remember who it was within this film. Some, One of them, it may have been mm. The Broccoli's, was friends with Howard Hughes. It's it's definitely inspired by that. But he doesn't have... He clearly doesn't have OCD. But the whole reclusive mm. aspect.
0: I just like, just sort of like big, enigmatic.
1: It, it's based known. on that whole... Well, Howard Hughes sort of hid himself away for years, mm. didn't he? And, and was an entrepreneur as well as, you know multiple careers really yeah and now we cut to space where our camera band <laughs> <waiting. laughs> the Tom Cruise film that he's doing in space isn't one of the Mission Impossible films it's a film he's doing with Doug Lyman.
0: oh what the the one he's doing in space
1: yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We we speculated it might be the second of the back to back Mission Impossible films because A, they're getting bigger. And B, if you're gonna try something that audacious like him and McHugh might be able to pull it off, but it's a film he's doing with Doug Lyman. Who did Edge of Tomorrow with him, so it, yeah,
0: so do you know anything about that? Is he actually going is he yeah. actually going to space, which
1: Yeah, that's the whole point. He's going to space to film it on like Elon Musk sort of technology.
0: That would be insane. I know. But it's only, it's only Tom Cruise, isn't it? that would do it.
1: Yeah, but I think he does his due diligence as well, so he must be satisfied that it's safe enough. Mm. That doesn't mean it is, by the way, but in, he's, he will have made a judgment on that. Christ, when that fan opened up then, that looked so cheap.
2: <laughs> it really did. Oh, my gosh.
1: But it looked like a sort of set I'd put together, not... Professionals. Oh, Shane Wimmer, sure. I forgot about that.
2: I totally forgot he was in this film.
1: Who?
2: Shane Wimmer. My... That's what I have said earlier. No, I know. I totally forgot. It went out of my brain.
1: I forgot he was in this film. In fact, I may not even know, because I watch this through gritted fucking teeth every, every time. <laughs> I don't watch it through my teeth, that would be weird. But, like, no, I watch it with gritted teeth, and half the time I'm mm-hmm. only half paying attention. Whether I've even noticed Shane Wimmer's in it ever is moot, I suppose. Top quality acting there. Look, yeah. they've just frozen. Why? Because it's all done with like art. So it is a still.
0: Ah uh, just... we'll stay there.
1: Yeah, but they didn't move an inch. Phone acting. Yeah, pretty much. From here on I mean the film's not been thrilling so far, but no. from here on in it really is. When they get to the the base, you know, in a minute when he works out it's Baha and all that. Oh, uh, I ain't got anything bar. Um <laughs> It really does look. It's just shit. It's just like Tiffany's there being a twat, and like Blofeld's no threat and just getting like. Do you, do you know what Blofeld's like in that? Oh, that's a terrible oh. art effect. That <laughs> explosion. That's, I've never yeah, noticed that. That's quite
3: bad. That looks
1: like Monty Python. A foot should come down on that. <laughs> Um, i tell you what, Blofeld, when Blofeld's in that craft, being like swung around in that, yeah. I said up, not down, it reminds me of <laughs> when, ter- right. it reminds me of when Terry Scott used to get frustrated with June Whitfield. <laughs> it was like Terry in June acting. It's a bit like
0: that. Yeah, he kind of comes across as a bit uh, pedantic, but not in a good way.
1: Because... Just- Very broad. We're meant to be a little bit intimidated by this guy, if not the guy himself. Ah! Look at the fire-painting effect! I have never noticed. I always thought this film looked cheap, but I've never noticed how poor the effects are in that sequence. Probably because I've switched off by now, and I think I only switched back on with this dialogue. Like, this scene, I remember very well. But the sort of montage of things being blown up, I think I don't really look at properly.
0: Yeah, I've always remembered it as like kind of watching it as a kid. It's but, not as bad yeah. as you
1: were a kid, though. No. I mean, if, if at the age of eight you were offered, like, this or for your eyes only, you'd probably pick this. But as an adult it's fucking dreadful and for your eyes only is really good. But it's all to do mm. with attention spans and not iconic elements, but standout elements and things like that. Oh, look, they're fucking in an ashtray. You know, that's the sort of thing that eight-year-olds get into. <laughs> really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember my opinion at the time. But I remember, like, not disliking this film as a kid. Mm. But it didn't take long into, like, critical faculties developing for that to disappear. Because there have been films over the years I've bought a copy of. I've got them all now, obviously, and I have had for years, but there was a period of time where, like, I didn't own them all when it was VHS or something, and I'd go and get, like, two or three as a treat. And there'd always be, like, a couple you knew you loved, mm. and then a few maybe you hadn't seen for a few years, because they'd be on telly, and if you're in... How, the how best well worn of those shoes Blofeld's got on? I know, they looked terrible. I my oh,
3: gosh.
1: Um, they probably had him wear his own. This film is done on the cheap. But, so, you... Some of the films you won't have seen for that long and, and you didn't have them in regular circulation as much as maybe now. And even when they appeared on TV, you might have been doing something else and you caught a bit of them or whatever. And Because Bond films were always on, you didn't necessarily record them. Uh, I do remember, though. So, for example, for, you only live twice. I don't rank very high. But there was a period where I thought it was one of my favourites. And then when I bought it and watched it again, I was like, oh, I'm mistaken on this. It's not as good as I remember. Mm. Diamonds was never in that category. I don't ever remember thinking it was one of my favourites. But I do remember thinking it was like quite a good one. But I was—I must have been very young. As an adult, I've never, ever liked this film.
0: Yeah, it's never been one that you kind of grab to go to
1: no and again i put it on literally four or five days ago and it's the first time i've seen it since we reviewed it and we reviewed it very close to five years mm. ago now
0: but i think i think also we were kind of like uh was that a time where did, didn't we have a few false starts with it so we watched it a few times and we're just like for fuck? yeah
1: yeah no i did we, we had a few false starts with it i watched it a few times not as many as moonraker but a few Um, And then I was watching commentaries as well. I can't remember the exact number. People will go through our shows and actually say, no, you're you're wrong on that. You you did say you only watched it twice, but you watched the commentaries or whatever. Whereas Moonraker, I watched the actual film several times. Uh, But uh, yeah, we did have a few false starts, but we started in the August. And I remember the first recording in the new year was for Your Eyes Only. Mm -hmm. So this will have been somewhere around November, something like that. I'd have thought maybe maybe October I could look, actually. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that I'm th- I'm three months shy of not having seen it in five years. And I think that's because we've had no Bond film in the interim, so I've had no reason to re-watch the whole series. So I've watched the ones I like, or the ones that I think I like, or the ones that I haven't seen for a while and fancy, and that's never this one. And where... Um, no Time to Die was delayed I um, I hadn't got this far we posted this on my birthday in 2015 so we recorded it a week or so before that so we recorded it at the start of October 2015 I've not seen the film since the next one we did we, we released on the 15th but we recorded it on the 10th and I know that because It was my birthday just after the recording and I was getting rather drunk during the Goldfinger commentary. But five years ago, you know, I was more troubled in those days. Now, of course, never. I don't record with alcohol in me anymore. Um, But yeah, I can tell when you listen to the early shows. Sometimes it's obvious I'm drunk, but most of the time it's not because I haven't had that much, but I can always tell. If, if you play me a random show and say were you drinking there I can tell you whether I was or not even if it was only a little amount
0: so this film spends the majority of time in a really kind of dusty city yeah and
1: and then goes to like what looks like an a platform. Yeah, where,
0: where, where he's got a chase around a, a tape
1: yeah and just just look at the just the set design there, now I know it's Ken Adam, but Connery is towering over that table and he's quite close to Blofeld and so I know know there's guns trained on him, but it doesn't make Blofeld look intimidating does it? No and I don't even mean physically I can have you in a fight, but more more just that feeling of you're here and you're in my lair and you are beaten and what that guy at the back just Mm. casually doing paperwork look (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> that Minion there arbitrarily turning knobs
1: um,
0: Yeah tending to look busy mm.
2: Was he the guy He's the voiceover guy He says one minute on counting
1: I mean today You can be on the internet And just like no one knows But like back then you would have just had to stare into space I mean how did you procrastinate In this day and age No that's it if you're a lazy 50 something, write to us at expectus.twiggmail.com. <laughs> Tell us a... how you did fuck all at work.
0: I do love the trope of like the, uh, the model. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like. Like, well, it, it, like, Blofeld, I know what a globe looks like, and I get the idea of like pointing at a laser. Pointing at you. a laser, but. So, why do you feel the need to like demonstrate it to me like this, given you've actually fired the real fucking thing?
2: Just because he had a bit of extra money in his budget left over at the end of the month, I thought, this is what I'll do.
1: That is a really open set. And yeah, Kenab-
0: sure. I'll just I'll just let like you know, like a a a spy train killer just sort of like loose and explain everything.
1: You would immediately get him to step away from it. You wouldn't get put it back or step away. Well, yeah. Uh, sorry, you. You riskly, you you wouldn't. You just kill him anyway, wouldn't you? You've just palmed him. He's just palmed it. That is the obvious thing to do. He's he wouldn't suddenly be clumsy, and it's just we know it has to get around all these things because in reality you just shoot him, and the film (laughs) would be over. I get that, but it's like you have to write around some of the fucking stupidity. It just isn't very good. I bet that was a high tech computer display in that era. (laughs) It's amazing how fast things have been moved in our lifetime. This is only a few years before I was born.
0: I'm liking the coordination here.
1: We had not even got as far as Pong by this point. It's like, don't pull that face. She really is fucking useless. That guy was looking right at her. Like, what's he done? Fingered Uranus? Why? Why are you pulling that face? I would search her. And she she goes, goes and puts it back in as well. Yeah, because he hasn't told her. It's not her fault. Just I mean,
0: it'd be fair with it was just to keep hold of it, wouldn't it?
1: Yes. It's just awful. Ooh.
0: It was just well, what a fret.
1: You know, from when they had the original Fleming books and they were slowly building this Spectre threat, which they overlaid on the books, obviously, because Spectre doesn't appear in the many, that many of the books. Um, in the 60s, they looked like they had a plan. Mm. And here, they just they, it just looked so hand-to-mouth. And it doesn't surprise me that they started after this, following the thing of the day, like the next film is Black Exploitation. The film after that has a bit of kung fu in it and so on. Because there's no plan here. And bringing Connery back is evidence of that. It's like, well... They've thought no further than this film. It's lacklustre, it's cheap. You've got a disengaged leading man who's already said, I'm not coming back for the next film anyway. And you, you think, at least try and anchor it to the world we already know by putting in a Felix we already know or something, I don't know. But And again, in the previous film, you had a helicopter attack on Pitt's Gloria and it was beautiful. So yeah. the worst thing you could do is evoke it with... An ugly equivalent in the very next film. And then shut him away like he was in Goldfinger. It's just... Weak.
0: But this film did better though, didn't
1: it? Did better than Majesties. Um, Probably the best grosser since... It didn't do as well as You Only Live Twice, I don't think. I can look that up. There wouldn't have been much in it. But again with with the years of inflation it was probably pound for pound a bit worse let me have a look diamonds are forever look it up again the grosses were really really similar from i'm just gonna i need to find the two films to compare it definitely didn't do as well as uh thunderball but then nothing did it definitely did better than Majesty's. i'm just looking for you and you look twice Right, this field worldwide did 116 million. You Only Live Twice did 111.6, but it's like four years earlier. So I think pound for pound, You Only Live Twice was marginally more successful, but it's quite marginal. I say it's quite marginal. The 60s, 70s and 80s had far bigger amounts of like, inflation than we see now.
0: I mean, inc- yeah, th- things that this just looks absolutely just crap in terms of like a siege yeah. as well.
1: It looks rubbish as a siege. She sort of stood round half doing stuff, and you think like you're either keeping an eye on her or you're not. Um The wardrobe's horrible. And it's like all you've actually got to do is look at the mm. tapes. It one will have great marching fucking themes written on it, and one won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? But nobody ever fucking checks. So he now, without checking, swaps them again. I know tapes aren't around now, folks. But like those listening who never bought tapes because of their age or whatever, and that's entirely plausible because if you're under thirty, you probably never bought them at all. Um, they did have like just like a CD. They had the title of what it is written on it. It wasn't just a plain thing mm. in a fucking box. Bond's mixtape. Well, at least they've taken him to an attractive part of the site. Fuck it now. Bond's mixtape. An-
0: yeah. I <laughs> know. What, 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 why should we put him? I don't know. That thing with the... Uh...
1: With the escape hatch. <laughs> that is really poor back projection. Mm. Not that, that's okay That's a stuntman Stood in a real place But when you see Sean Because that doesn't Actually look anything Like Sean I've never really Noticed before
0: um, And what does Tiffany Cage has she actually done? Like she, well, she, bon, oh, she, uh, She's Bon's, like She's essentially Bon's, One of the baddies
1: And she's kind of Well Bond swapped the tape And for some reason Gave the real one to her And you think Why? Because they're not looking for a swap tape at the moment, but she but, gave it to her with no no it, no clue as to what she's supposed to do with it. So she mm. swaps it back. So suddenly it's the wrong one in there again. But she spotted doing it. So Blofeld swaps it back to what Bond did in the first place. It's a load of pointless business. No, work. I think I think Bond's, uh,
0: I think Blofeld's, like said destroy it when he gave the tape. But I, I don't know whether
1: she swapped it or not. She did, she hadn't. That's the point. All oh, right. So she was about to. He spotted her, thought she already had, got the one that was basically in her pants and then swapped them back again. So basically she's put it. Bond made the change. She went went to make a change Mm -hmm. erroneously. She didn't get to do it. Or maybe she did. I don't know. I'm confusing myself now.
0: But I think I think point, she did. Papers... No, I
1: she did. Sorry, she must have changed it over because he got the tape and changed it back again. What's um? So here we are, Terry Scott as Ernst Davro Blofeld. I'm, I'm
0: pretty certain Blofeld has destroyed the tape.
1: Right, he will have destroyed the one that was taken out though. It doesn't really matter. No. She either changed it and he just and he changed it back and destroyed the one that was wrong anyway, or she hadn't changed it and whatever doesn't really matter
0: but the thing I'm getting at is what's the fucking angle like wh- where's the rock yeah I don't really understand
1: He was trying to help Bond there just to like in a minute she's going to fire a gun and fall off she's just useless she's on the good guy's side now but all the way through it's just been about money and towards the end it's about being got off any mm. charges it's it's a real shame
0: I just think they're going to kill off Blofeld here.
1: It's left a bit ambiguous, but. Uh,
0: yeah, originally it was going to be like a, a big chase in a salt mine. On
1: right. Because they could have used Blofeld next mm. time. It was only around the time of the Spy Love Me he started agitating over the character. Yeah, they would have
0: dropped into like a. a sp- assault
1: greater thing it's just so lazy i mean he sat in that cab now controlling that thing and he pulled the guy out by his arm and the guy was knocked Mm. out and it's just like that's guy hamilton to me there's a bit in um i talked about it in review there's a bit in the man with the golden gun where you know there's several bits actually there's bits where he's throwing uh wine Mm. bottles but they're sugar glass so they're already breaking and you think well you must have spares. reshoot the scene uh, there's scenes where he reaches his hand out to like goodnight, night, good night. It's not there, and stuff like that. And it's just Guy Hamilton. He's a really was a really sloppy filmmaker for all of his like, or at least he was sometimes sloppy. I sometimes wonder if it was how much he fucking cared. Mm. You know what I mean? Just easy gig. And this is a shit joke as well.
0: They've already killed. It's it's like, just like-
1: it's like the kickback on those guns. I mean, we don't really have guns in this country, but the kickback is not that fucking powerful. It's not You know, she didn't act it particularly well anyway. Ironically, she's married to Robert Wagner now. Is she? Uh, Jill St. John is, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What's well, uh, well, that's a coincidence.
1: Which is funny, because at her peak, she looked ever so slightly like Stephanie Powers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, maybe Powers, that's what it was. Stephanie, I used to get them mixed up. Stephanie Powers was with, in heart-to-heart Heart with Robert Wagner because when they met, it was Moider. <laughs> that
2: is pretty much what
1: he said. There goes The thrilling fucking end.
0: It's odd how, like...
1: Most of the helicopters have done fuck all as well. It's quite funny.
0: I, it's odd kind of how... Um... That oil rig actually doesn't look like it's been destroyed at all. It just looks like it bunches itself a bunch, of, yourself, a it bunch of props.
1: It hasn't. Uh, I Do not Do you normally get a ticker tape parade for, like, every ship launch, you know, every, like, cruise launching, unless it's its maiden voyage or something? I do no idea. Unless they're all that excited that a secret mission no one's meant to know about has gone well.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I do like these, like, the... the the, the henchman coming back even though the boss is dead, there's no actual reason for him to Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why
1: risk you, Why risk yourself? You know this guy's lethal even if it's fat old Sean at this stage
0: But, but why would you even bother? It's like, well, what What do you get out of it? Revenge! Why? Well we're out of work <laughs> I, I lost me job
1: <laughs> Well you never see them going to like collect unemployment, do you? No I don't know how yeah. they went about doing this either do they get jobs on there or have they just completely fucking like knocked everyone out in the kitchen? Or I suppose it's possible they could have ordered some food and then put on their chef's outfit and mm. wheeled it up there. I don't know. They're not actually in the film that much, which is not a bad thing, but it means they feel... The trouble is they spend most of the film cleaning up the sort of supply line. You never really see them with Blowfeld. No. They disappear for the film from for quite a long time, so whatever their pluses and minuses, they feel really disconnected from it. Pista is this onto a really tacky fucking meringue. There's <laughs> a classic looking food.
0: That's that's such a seventy thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I think they're coming back a bit now, but it's a bit like prawn cocktails and that. I was was about to say prawn cocktails. like that. Yeah, it's a little bit like
2: that, isn't it? What you would
1: have at Abigail's party.
2: (laughs) Or like a pineapple hedgehog.
1: I mean, one thing I will say is they did respect a good 70s cleavage. There was a lot of cleavage in this. There was a 70s body. There's a lot
2: of cleavage in this film.
1: (laughs) I know. There there was a sort of 70s female shape. It's it's quite unusual. (laughs) There you go. Smell the cork. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on.
2: Hold on a minute.
1: That's rather potent, not the cork your aftershave, which gives it away. It's like, don't fucking wear it. If they were decent henchmen. Ah! get ca- uh-huh. Catch them out on the... Just like Red Grant, catch them out on the old wine. Basically if Henchman went to, like, wine college, Bond would be fucked. <laughs> I mean... Ah, I would have I expected mean, I mean, a it, car- Well, it, it is a claret, sir. Oh, right, I mean,
0: okay. it, it's just an excuse for Bond to show off about his wine knowledge, because it doesn't make any difference, because he's already kind of figured out anyway. Yeah, And it's like, oh, but you don't know anything about your wines. Well, you could, well, you could just be well. It was, his job. It
1: might, have been, it might have been a final check, I suppose. Yeah. Like, if they know wine, maybe they're real, but... And it's that, always... That, that it, it's fire always, escalated quickly. It's always, why? It's always, you know... It's never, they've ordered a bottle of Newcastle Brown and he mm. sits there and says, well, I would have expected a stout. <laughs> I always like it when he's like, on fire and he jumps out and then he's dead instantly. Yeah. Uh, what I like here is the progressive uh, attitude that uh, gay men like painting their bollocks. Because he's kind of enjoying <laughs> that. Like... <laughs> That, dumb, that was the dumbest plan in the world because if that bomb had gone really off, was. the boat would have sunk. But again, no one's thought about that. They only think about the joke. Ge- mm. Honestly, Tom Mankiewicz should have should have like worked with J.J. Abrams because <laughs> like he, he plots his films five minutes at a time and only thinks about the scene he's in. Hang on, like how long were they planning on staying there in the first place? Because
0: they were like pissing about with like serve the meal, mm. like. That wasn't a long fight at all.
1: Well, I presume they were going to let have the bomb go off, going to leave the meal there and have the bomb go off. But,
0: yeah, but that, they were showing
1: no signs of leaving, and he was getting ready like, to garrote him. And that was like
0: 15 it was like fifteen seconds, basically. 15, 20 seconds.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, you're right. Fuck knows. And to be honest, they name all these products and locations there, and I just think this film was an advert for none of that. All in the city of Las Vegas. It's like, yeah, well, I desperately want to go to all those tacky shit fucking horrible places we've just seen. Mm. Please tell us what gentleman's outfit fit has put him in a fucking pink and, tie. And, and a fucking... Lala Wood <laughs> is
0: barely in it. She was in one scene. And yeah. a corpse barely. in the next.
1: Yeah. But she's still fairly highly... Um, yeah, she still gets the credit. I can now believe, you know, that like, I, I get, people say, um, M, for example, had more of a role in Skyfall than Q, adding all his films put together, mm-hmm. and it's like you can believe that when you watch films like this because Q just like it just appeared, said a couple of things, disappeared, then you saw him briefly, and that was it. So the Lowry
0: he, digital. He, he was in
1: Vegas for no reason because he was just like. He didn't need to be there. It was just like, I, I just think. He he wasn't a very good story man, Tom Mankiewicz, mm. but he nailed the tone of Superman. So full respect to him. And every time I saw him interviewed, he just came off really great. He was a good talker, and he seemed a nice guy. And I I sort of would have loved to have met him and stuff. And I, I would never ever have insulted him, you know. But I I just look back at it and I just go. I just go well, like the films were quite well plotted, and then suddenly they weren't. And then Tom Mankiewicz disappeared, and suddenly the like dialogue got better. Yeah. He's not a golden era for the series at all. But there you go. And of course Guy Hamilton's a bit of a legend because he did Goldfinger and he did four films, and Living and Let Die is popular. So, but I, I just see so many errors. Yeah, you can't sort
2: of judge him on the strength of this
1: film. I see I see so many errors and issues that I don't see with any of the other filmmakers. I mean, I don't. I'm not the biggest Lewis Gilbert f- fan of the Lewis Gilbert films, but his films have tons of flair, and they don't have a ton of mistakes in them either.
2: No, is, there's a big drop off. But there you go. But yes, yeah, there's lots. Of, it's the same with any sort of like filmmaking, really. There's lots of you know, lots of um, fingers in the pies, and you not you know, mm. it's difficult to reconcile them all. So, it is. but
1: you
2: know, just so think that- think of the gem that that would that would come next in the series and.
1: Yeah, live and Living Let Die is pretty good and we haven't done that commentary yet. So, you know, we'll see. We see. We're moving on to something else from next week. We've then got that series, then we've got another Bond commentary. Whose choice is it next? I've completely forgotten. We'll figure that out. Um, and then we'll go on to uh Is it yours? No. I don't know. Is the yours or mine? I can't remember uh, who uh, who chose that one? Chris, you did? was Chris, yeah, his, I did, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. And after. I'm very sorry.
2: Think, uh, think, <laughs> it's I think, fine.
1: I think it might be me because i think yeah, i think I'm it might be you next day with... no yes yeah, might...
2: i like we'll
1: picked we'll have a look the
2: phone
1: for <laughs> i don't know i'll have a look now actually very quickly before we go any further as for social media you can find me at the pasty kid 1976
0: on twitter uh, you can find me at some on twitter uh, you can also find all the old uh, shows at sim
2: you can find us on Twitter at The Expected to Talk. Don't forget to visit us on all the various platforms on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook. Just type in The expect to Talk, and you can find us on there. And also don't forget to rate us, review us, to like us and share us across social media. Thank you.
1: I think you chose Quantum of Solace, Becca.
2: I think I might have done. Yes, I, I did. I chose
1: A View to a Kill before that. Because it was nice and, nice and, and short. Never again, so it is me next. Okay, it is mean. Choose day. wisely. Uh, after our next series, which Becca will introduce in a minute, we I will choose a Bond film, and I think I'm know I think I know what I'm choosing, uh, and I'll tell you off air when we finish. But as for that, we move on to another series next week, which means Becca. Yes, do you expect to
2: talk will return with our review of Spider Man?